Second verse, tone. I think you started at the first verse. Boxy sucks. You you kind of threw me off there for a second, but I mean, I I know you love surprising the people. But Tom, before we get started, how about what do you think of that new song that we uh, that we started the podcast with? I liked it a lot, man. That's another lightning uh, solid addition to the podcast. Yeah, so man. that was one to give us a little background. Yeah, that was from my brother. My brother um, listens to the show. Big fan of yours. He's also a very talented musician that's bored out of his mind in quarantine. Uh, so he messaged me a week or two ago. He goes, you know, would you guys want a new song? I said, yeah, sure. You know, we we've actually reached out to a few people about that. So he goes, all right, I got something. So he goes, yeah, you know, I'll uh, I'll throw something together for you. So I want to thank my brother for that. I uh, hope he's doing well. Hope you're all doing well. Tom, it's been over a month and we're still, you know, we thought this thing was only going to last a few weeks. But here we are. It's a 60 degree day. It's gorgeous out. There's not a cloud in the sky. And instead of on your deck, I'm in my basement because of this damn virus. Yeah, I'm sitting in the, uh, I put a little live video of my cluttery room um, where I'm at. But you know what's funny? I, I, I mentioned this to you in a text. Although it's 60 degrees, I don't think we could have pulled it off on the deck today because if anybody remembers, I think it was episode three. Yeah. We had like a bad wind situation. And guess what? Same yeah, thing. Yeah, it is windy. Whip and wind. Yeah, it is windy. It yeah. is windy in Nassau County today. But but still, you know, I, I say this every time, and I'm hoping the next time we, we do this uh, – I'm hoping it can be in person. It's just, I don't know, man, the way things are going, I don't know. And, you know, it, it, I, it feels like at least lately we've been getting some good news. You know, we're recording today. What is it? It's April 19th, 18th. I've well, lost track. But we're getting some 19th, good news, right? Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's funny. Um, one of the things um, for people to understand, we're being smart about it. I'm still going out and about when I have to. But, you know, Tone has little children. You know, mine's a little bit older, but we're being smart for them. It was just me and you, buddy, sitting in apartments. We'd be sitting together doing this. I feel like I would have. We're looking out for the greater If it wasn't for my wife, I feel like I would have had this disease three times over by now. But, you know, she doesn't let me leave the house. Um, she, yeah, well, listen, I don't want to get into the reasoning. Well, if I live with you, I would want you to leave the house either. Ah, hey, now. Hey, now. But listen, t- oh, Tom, a lot, a lot of bad yeah. news, a lot of yeah. bad news, but you know, there, there does seem to be at least talks now, whether it's vaccine and I don't want to turn this whole first segment into the coronavirus, but there does seem to be a little bit of a snowball effect here that hopefully there is some good news coming. That being said, the way our track record is about yeah. talking about people on this podcast and then them dying, I don't want mm-hmm. to say anything else good mm-hmm. about the coronavirus or else it'll end up being here for are you, are you talking about uh, Mr. Steinbrenner? Now, how crazy is that, dude? How And, and if you, yeah, if dude. whoever listened to the last episode, I asked Paul Olden, the voice of Yankee Stadium, who do you prefer, Hank or Hal? And he was hesitant. He didn't even want to answer the question. He did answer. He answered Take Hal. And Hank died five days later. Yeah. It's the podcast curse. And uh, ironically, when I was putting together notes for this one, there's something that'll come up a little bit later that we kind of hit it again. But uh, yeah. Um, by the way, how, how cool is that? We interviewed Paul Olden. Uh, I was, Yo, bitch. Yeah, that was, uh, again, thanks to James um, from the board, who I, I we do have to at some point. James BKNY. And by the way, we do have some more surprises in the future. Um, some 
bigger names than your gangbang Steve, Bald Vinny, if you can imagine there were bigger names. But we're talking about more main – well, no, there's no more mainstream than Bald Vinny. But uh, you know what I'm talking about. We got some people that we really have to behave. At least when we have a Bald Vinny on, we could curse, we can smoke, we could drink beer. But we got some uh, – we got to behave kind of guests coming up, I yeah, think. Yeah, well, we hope. Some, uh, some we have to behave kind of guests that wanted to be on by now, but for reasoning that we can't get into, we couldn't. But they will be on. We will do our best to behave, and, and we'll keep it going. By the way, I love Steve. I, 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 so, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there too. And you'll, I like you'll him understand a lot. why later in the show. Love, love, love's a strong word. Hey, by the way, um, you know what my biggest regret is, though, in the last couple of weeks? We're talking about Easter. And uh, – one of the plans that I had, think about this, Tone. How cool would this be? An Easter egg hunt, but instead of Easter eggs, craft beer. I mean, I'm at the point where as soon as I hear craft beer, you're the first person I think of. That's your bread and butter, well, man. You would you would be in heaven on a craft beer Easter egg hunt. Well, how cool would it be if I hid craft beers around my yard? <laughs> Can you imagine guys like Captain... And, and Sancho and Grover and all these guys that come over for the wrestling pay-per-views running around with little baskets trying to find hidden craft beer. It would have been, that was my it would have been the perfect um, you know, opening act for one of your pay-per-view parties, definitely, and after. Aye, 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 but uh, another thing we got ripped off Speaking, from. though, Tom, by the way, not to put a, another damper, but speaking of wrestling, uh, we lost the legend this week, a few days ago, and it really yeah. bummed me out. Uh, Howard Finkel passed away, 69 years of age. What are your thoughts on that? Well, obviously the voice of a lot of uh, the younger wrestling fans all the way through their, 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 their lives. And people who aren't even wrestling fans know who he is. And Tone, I know you have a personal connection with this guy. Why don't you yeah, give us well, that? Um, my brother, uh, who we mentioned earlier, who did the song for us, my brother worked at the WWE as a writer for, I want to say, like four or five years. And I remember like 10, 15, it could have been 15 years ago. Um, I saw on the internet that Howard Finkel was the MC for some guy's wedding and did like the intros for his wedding party the way he would introduce the wrestlers. And I said to myself, my God, if I ever have the opportunity, I'd love to do that. So I got married in 2015. And as we were approaching the wedding, um, you know, my brother was. By the way. Uh, I love when people know I interrupt. Uh, I did not get invited <laughs> to that wedding. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, my brother was not, my brother was not with the company at the time, but he still had um, ties. So I I said to him, I said, you know, what are the chances you think that we can get Howard Finkel? So he gave me Howard Finkel's email. Uh, we set it up. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Tom, like the day was, you know, it's your wedding. You're going to remember it no matter what. But Howard Finkel introducing, you know, my wife and I and doing the whole, you know, and new Mr. It was uh, it was an incredible part of the day. But to your point, you know, after the wedding, he and I exchanged emails back and forth for a little while. He was a big baseball guy, huge Met fan. And at the time I was I was still working in television at SNY. And we were, you know, going back and forth about maybe getting him a tour of the studio one day and sitting in on like a Mets pre and post game and and. After, I would say, about, you know, eight or nine months of us emailing, he kind of disappeared. And as we now know, his health took a turn for the worst. And uh, I was pretty yeah. bummed out. I got to be honest with you. You know, I, I'm, I'm bummed out whenever we lose somebody in wrestling from that generation that we grew up with. But this one, for obvious reasons, hurt. 
And, um, you know, it, 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 listen, it is what it is. One thing I do want to say, because I try to remember, you know, the, the good when we lose people. I was listening to calls of his all week. And, you know, um, who was it? There was some wrestler that said that they felt that no matter how good or bad of a match that you had, if Howard, F- the way Howard Finkel would announce your name after you won could give you an extra push if you thought your match wasn't good enough. Or it could sort of pull you back if you thought your match was. In other words, they were saying that his call sometimes was just as important as your performance. And I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to ask sure. you a question, and I have my answer. Out of all the calls that you can remember, what was your favorite Howard Finkel call? Look, man, I don't have one as much as that, but I remember things like Ted DiBiase from the making of summer residence in the Netherlands and Tilly's. <laughs> Or when he would announce someone and elevate them just by like, and the new intercontinental champion, and it would be someone like the Mountie. (laughs) That's a perfect example. So my, I I would have never thought this before this week because I just never thought to to look for it. Howard Finkel at WrestleMania three, you know, you're a huge wrestling fan, Tom, and you know that a lot of people like to say that a lot of people like to say that Macho Man Steamboat was one of the greatest matches of all time. Howard Finkel's call when Steamboat won. First of all, Steamboat rolls Macho Man up. I think it was like a small package. One, two, three. Crowd goes nuts. 93,000 people at the Silverdome. Howard Finkel gets into the ring, something that they don't do that anymore. The announcers don't make the call from the middle of the ring. They can do it from their chair on the side. Gets into the center of the ring as 93,000 people are screaming. The winner of this match and new and he gives like that classic new intercontinental champion ricky steamboat and after he hits the new as the three thousand people were they got even louder and i'm actually i'm gonna find a point later in the episode to play it but in my opinion one of the better howard finkel calls of all time uh, he will um, be missed that's a match I've probably seen about 30 times, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I'm thinking about you tying it to Steamboat. I'm remembering when Steamboat lost to the Hunky Tonk Man. <laughs> and, you know, there is, a, there is a dark cloud to all of this besides him passing away. And, man, I poured a couple out for him. But we asked Tone Capone to put in a recording because there is a guy. We had a bleacher guy that did a hell of an impersonation. And every time we left Madison Square Garden Wrestling, and we did it many times, he'd be walking down the stairs doing Howard Fink impersonations, and, man, the crowd would pop. And he never did put in that call. But, Tone, hopefully you could put in that, that one call, and if you could find that wedding one, and you could post that either here or on the, the page, you should do that as well. Yeah, I might. Wait, so did you, did you reach out to Capone, or, or, or you didn't have time? I think we lost Tom for a second. We'll wait a few seconds. And, oh, here you go. Okay. So did you have yeah. a chance to reach out to Capone or, or, or no? More than once. And he said he was going to do it, and he didn't do it. All right. All right. We'll get Listen, um, I, he's a busy guy. No, three kids. Hey, but maybe one day point, we can get I, anything. Think on impersonations of us since Paul Olden wouldn't introduce us. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe one day we can get him on. Maybe. then That's something we'll get into later, by the way. Yeah. Having uh, more of you on because Tom and I discussed that. But oh, yeah, anyway, we're – we're we're rocking and rolling here. Why don't you get to the uh, Why don't you get to the subject of today's episode, Tom? Because I know the people are waiting. Well, no, uh, you know. Well, hold on. Uh, a couple of quick other things. Uh, Tone, I wanted to ask you another thing. 
Have you done anything during this quarantine um, that you don't normally get a chance to do? Besides, we get a lot of quality family time. Anything, uh, do you have any hobby that you picked up? Are you watching more of a certain thing? What are you doing? I'm going to tell you everything that I'm doing more of. I'm working out more. Like I have a bike and I'm riding it, but it means nothing because I'm also eating like a fat pig. But I am Mm -hmm. also catching on a lot of shows. Um, I've watched more Netflix than I have in my life in the last month. I'm a big stock market guy, Tom. If you notice, when the rest of the stock market was in red, the only stock going up was Netflix because I feel like people were doing exactly what I was doing. Um, I just basically gave you my last six weeks. It's riding my Peloton. Oh, by the way, speaking of Peloton, Domi, whose birthday is today, is one of my Peloton friends. And Domi, happy birthday, bro. Domi, happy Order birthday. Happy. And in your honor, oh, right out of the bottle, I am drinking a – I'm not drinking bourbon. I'm drinking Robert Mondavi Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley. So, oh, I was going to say wine. Domi wine. By the way, I'm drinking out of the glass milk gave me. That's what I do. Drinking no things. I'm drinking a Long Island, well, a New York beer. Rock, 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 Rockaway Pale Ale from Rockaway Beach uh, Brewing. And how about this? <laughs> happy birthday, Domi. I just played the harmonica for you. So happy birthday, Domi. But yeah, Tom, that's that's um, um, riding that bike. I'm watching Netflix. I'm eating and I'm changing diapers. That's basically... The same, same, same thing every day. Well, what about you? I'm doing my, I'm doing my three-hour shift every day after work. You know, I log off three thirty. I'm on that deck for a couple hours, drinking beer, smoking cigars, I'm watching movies, and I'm knowing people because, like, they want me to watch those other Rocky movies, as we know, and we've gone over many times. I've only seen two. I've never seen like classics like The Exorcist or uh, Goodfellas. Meanwhile, I'm watching old Will Rogers movies. I just watched a Will Rogers movie from like 1934 and people are like, why don't you watch the exorcist? <laughs> By the way, you know, uh, Will Rogers is famous for saying, I never met a man. I didn't like, well, that's because he probably, you never met Knobloch, for example, our buddy <laughs> Knobloch. You know what? Now that you, men- also, now that you mentioned yeah. Knobloch, that's another thing I've been doing a lot of. And I, I'm curious if you've been doing the same. I have never yeah. in my life been a part of more group texting than I have during this pandemic. Cause I feel like everybody, oh, right. Everybody's got nothing to do. So you said Knobloch, I'm talking to Knobloch almost every day. Gangbang Steve, yeah. midget Mike, captain, sure. P shit Dan. I mean, all these guys, Donahue. there's like nothing else to do. So we're all texting uh, uptown, Mike, Phil, Grover, Mook, you name it. Like we're talking every day. Um, Cause nobody's got anything to do, but it's, you know, at the same time, it's good to keep in touch. Well, one more thing I did before we get into our topic, I made, you ready for this? I made a bunt cake. A bunt? Not a baseball bunt cake. Yeah, you know, the old B-U-N-D-T cake. Um, Here's the thing. I annoy people because, like, we go to barbecues and someone will bring a bunt cake, and I'm like, that's my favorite kind of cake. And they say, that's not a kind of cake. It's just a size or whatever. Well, anyway, Dana had bought me a bunt cake set. I have an apron that says, I like big bunts. <laughs> and I have a cookbook that's called uh, Kiss My Bunt. And I actually made a fucking cake. Me. I had never baked anything. When did you do this? Um, I, I did this, uh, not this, actually last weekend. Okay. Easter weekend. Okay. Okay. And it was a peanut butter lover's cake because my wife and daughter love peanut butter. The only problem I had, the cake came out great. It was a winner. 
I even flipped it over and it came out perfect. The only thing that I had a problem with, and my friends will understand this, I had a problem with the mixer. I would turn it on too high and I'd shoot stuff everywhere. I had trouble like kind of getting the speeds correct. But, I'm envisioning, but, uh, I'm envisioning yeah. you with like the chef's hat on, like the Sesame Street character. That, well, how did it on? Yeah, and they, the whole thing and the, the everything flying all over the kitchen. So, dude, people, that's something to look forward to. When you come over to my house for a wrestling pay-per-view or, uh, or any kind of shindig, I will be whipping up a bunt cake. Now that Governor DeSantis, now that Governor DeSantis of Florida has deemed wrestling essential, does that mean we will have yes. monthly pay per views? I mean, you would know better than me. I, I, I have no. Oh yeah, huh? yeah, they're gonna, be, yeah, they're doing Money in the Bank at uh, at the same kind of place. No, wait. By the way, Tone, not to get off topic, but do you know what they're doing for Money in the Bank? No, they're doing it at the WWE corporate offices. They're starting in the basement, and the the, the freaking belts are gonna be on the roof. And they're going to fight their way through the building to the roof to get the belts. Listen, at least that's creative. That's literally. At least, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like did that. See, did he kind of like float that idea to anybody? Describing that and I and me visualizing it, it's intriguing at least. Because WrestleMania in the performance center with no fans and what, you know, that was that was a tough watch. Like you had to be a real fan. I agree. But you know what? That's a podcast in itself. And we are going to do, by the way, before we get to the topic, we're going to do a wrestling show one day. And you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. I'm going to talk to Pops about the Civil War. We're going to go off topic. We're going to talk about heavy metal. We got a lot of plans for this. I'm so, looking forward. I'm looking tuned. forward to Pops. But Pops has to be in person. I will wait that out if we have to. Yeah, we will. Um, and one more last thing on the pandemic, and then I'm going to leave it alone. I'm, I'm sad about one more thing. Do you know what they said is going away forever? No, Tone? go ahead. Handshakes. Uh, well, who said that, Tom? I'll never let no, I will ne- I'll never let it. I like a good yeah, handshake. Who said it's going away? That's the important thing. Who said it's going away? Uh, cynics, yeah, critics. Exactly. Now, I, I, I'm still taking yeah, hands. I do believe that there are people that will feel uncomfortable showing i mean is showing affection the right term that way by shaking hands yeah i believe um, that if you if i go to shake your hand and you don't shake my hand we're flashing dukes if, if, we're going if i go to shake your hand and you don't shake my hand that might be the yeah that might be the end you might have to look for a new well, co-host we're yeah, going no, at I, it. I, listen i agree with you we're but unfortunately i do feel that there are people out there and listen to each their own that are going to be uncomfortable with that. You know, it's it's going to be like Japan all of a sudden where we're all bowing to each other because nobody wants to get within two or three feet. So it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Hi. Anyway, so, Tom, back to what we were saying earlier. Yeah. Today's topic, why don't you get into what uh, everybody should be expecting to hear in the next hour, hour and a half. All right, I will do that. But, uh, Tone, first of all, <laughs> give me a band, please. Give you a band? Yeah, give Any me a band. band. A band. Leonard Skinnerd. Alexa, play Leonard Skinner. You know I have to have my uh. Wait, now she's playing. How's she playing Young Jeezy when I ask for Leonard? See, Skinner? now it'll be it. It'll Alexa, be interesting to see. Play Leonard It'll Skinner. be interesting to see what Andy's Alexa plays when he hears this oh, part of the it. podcast from his home. Oh, yeah, people get really mad because they just set off everybody's Alexa. Um, today's podcast is about heckling. You know, and by the way, it's only going to be one of a series because we had put out 
we had put out a message for people to, to shoot us some of the best heckles, some of the best exchanges with players and, and things like that. And we really only got three or four responses this time. And that's fine because I do know people loved the idea last time. I think they either missed the message, they just weren't comfortable. And there is other things going on in life. But this is an evergreen topic that will never go away. Um, so as time goes on, you know, you can continue to send in your, your calls and we'll play them. Um, so, you know, part of being in the bleachers and the bleacher creatures is the old heckle. Yelling at players, having them sometimes yell back. Things like that. So we're going to discuss a couple of stories. We have a special guest coming on for a little 15-minute shot. Uh, that would be Tone. Who is yeah, it? It's Larry, and I know you announced, you know. No, no, no. Wait, what? Bad mouth. Bad, sorry. Oh, Bad whoa, mouth whoa, 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 sorry. Bad mouth Larry. And I know a lot of you, especially those of you that are interactive with the Facebook group, knew that already. But even those of you not on Facebook, I was getting texts from knew Larry was coming on. So it shows you, Tom, Larry moves the needle. People are excited and I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for what he's going to do today. I'm even more excited for what he's going to do in the very near future. We'll get to that later, but I'm pumped up for bad mouth Larry calling from Florida, by the way. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I'll give you a quick little background. When, when I first started going into the bleachers back in the nineties, we used to go in during batting practice and the opposing team, the Yankees would already be off the field. Um, but you'd get to see the foes on the field. And uh, you literally would go to the fence and just trade barbs. And some of them would laugh. Someone would yell back. Someone would ignore you. And uh, that stopped for like guys like me when they stopped selling beer in the bleachers. And when you couldn't drink to, you know, warm up for the game, we'd stay outside. Um, so there's always a lot of funny stories with that. Um, Tone, I know uh, we're going to start with you today because you said that you have some that stick in your crawl, your memory. What are some of the uh, the fun barbs and, and things that, you, that you've gone through here? So two stick out. One player sticks out and one game sticks out. The player uh, is Vernon Wells, which, again, we've, we've gone over. Uh, we've said his name before. We spent a little while with him or, or on him uh, in the Vinny episode. But to me, the thing with Vernon Wells was like the perfect heel. Again, as a wrestling term, but he was a likable heel. And what do I mean by that? You've sat out there. You've heckled players. Mm -hmm. You know who takes the bait and who doesn't, so to speak. If a guy, if you're heckling a guy and you're trying to get personal and he takes the bait, the minute he takes the bait, the minute he acknowledges you, it, it sets something off in all of us. And we get together and what do we do? We heckle louder. We get on him harder. We get even more personal. Whereas if they ignore us, you know, after a while, we may just give up because heckling someone is fun. But heckling someone that's not going to get into it with you or get into the back and forth banter, of course, that can get old pretty quickly. So Vernon, it's yelling at a exactly. wall. Vernon Wells of the Toronto Blue Jays, a center fielder who I think he was he was a center fielder for the Blue Jays through my tenure, I think, in the old stadium. Uh, he I think he went to mm -hmm. the Angels in 2010 and then he did a year with the Yankees. But Vernon Wells was not only the center fielder for the Blue Jays. Vernon Wells was like a 30-homer, 100-RBI guy. I mean, this guy was one of the better players in the league. It wasn't like some you know guy called up from AAA that was honored to be heckled by us, and that's why he was giving it back and forth. Vernon Wells was a real-deal player. I mean, a guy that signed like a, a, a mega, you know, multi-million-dollar deal later in his career. And not only would he interact with us when we would heckle him, 
he would also commend us at times when we were heckling his teammates. Like Alexis Rios is the, that always comes up to me. We would get on Alexis is a girl's name, Rios sucks, whatever it was. And you would look over at center field, and Vernon Wells has his hands on his hips laughing as we're heckling his teammate. And then the chance, you know, uh, your name's Vernon, just, you know, something simple and stupid like that to make fun of his name in general. Vernon sucks, which is the oldest one in the book. Whatever it was. Whatever it was, whatever the game, and obviously Toronto is a is a rival, so you know they're coming to the stadium nine, ten times a year. Out of those nine or ten times, let's say I was at four or five of those games, it didn't matter the time of year, it didn't matter the place in the standings. Whenever the Blue Jays came to town, especially oh five, oh six, oh seven, I knew it was going to be a fun night because Vernon Wells was in center field for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, now. That's a player. I, I mean, specific Vernon Wells stories. I, I, I have many that I can talk about, just like I'm sure you guys can. But if I'm going to mention one specific story, it's not Vernon. Even the Toronto Blue Jays. My, is it my specific story is not even from the old stadium, Tom. If you can imagine that, because we've we've said how many times how, how little we how little we care for the new stadium. But my story is from yeah, a little. Got over yeah, to my story is yeah, from September ahead. of 2011. Um, 2011, this actually, while I was doing the research in my head, this may have been the last game that I ever attended as a season ticket holder. Because after 2011, I got rid of my tickets and I just, you know, sort of stub-hubbed or borrowed because stub-hub, you know, destroyed the secondary market and guys like me that would sell tickets I couldn't use, I couldn't sell them now, so I was losing money. Anyway. September 6, 2011, the Yankees were playing the Baltimore Orioles. Um, the game was supposed to start at 7.30, but there was a rain delay. Uh, this was a Tuesday night. From 2010 till about 2015, I made very, very few games because I was working in television and my hours were nights and weekends. So this was a game I couldn't get rid of the ticket. I chalked it up to a loss. I get home from work. It's about 10.30, 10.45, and I, ha- uh, I had Yes Network on the TV. And Michael Kay and Paul O'Neill, or whoever the hell was doing the play-by-play, make an announcement. First pitch will be 11.08 p.m. I'll never forget it. And I'm saying to myself, what the fuck? Tom, you watch a lot of baseball, a lot of West Coast baseball. West Coast baseball, West Coast baseball by 11.08 Eastern time, those games are already in like the fifth inning maybe. This was an East Coast game, Yankees-Orioles, that was going to start at about a quarter after 11. So at the time, I'm living in Astoria. Uh, I'm living with my, with my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend. She's going to bed getting ready for work. And I told her, I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to this game. Like, at the very least, I'm going to go check it out. Because as they're announcing on TV the start time, I'm looking at the stadium, and there is nobody there, Tom. Nobody. All right? Yeah, I, pull, I get from Astoria, from 31st Avenue in Astoria to 161st and River Avenue in eight minutes. I timed it. I'll never forget it. I Easy pass right over the RFK. I end up parking on River Avenue right outside the stadium. No issues. Get into the stadium, and my uh. mentality is, I don't know who's going to be here. I might just be by myself. And if that's the case, let me sneak up. Let me try and sit in the legend seats. Let me try and, you know have fun with it just so just for a story just so you know maybe if i'm doing a podcast nine years from now with sheriff tom i'll have a story to tell right so i end up getting into the bleachers and and i'm not the only guy there so 
I'm about to rattle off to you one, two, three, four, five, six other names. And there's a picture of this. And I'm probably going to use this picture for the episode. The six other guys who were yes. there, of course, Badmouth Larry, who we'll be hearing from later, Chris Red, Chris sure. Red, Robert Sancho, Robert Sancho, Kevin Farrell, nice. Ha Haas, nice. who arguably that Arguably, that was the night my friendship began with Haas because I did not know him that well before that night. Um, and the other guy who I saved for last, because, again, I didn't know this guy, um, but it was Udi, uh, Udi. Am I pronouncing it right? Or Udi? Who, who, okay, so yeah, yeah, um, exactly. he, he passed away a few years back. And I remember, yeah, yeah, and I remember when he passed away. Again, I didn't know him, but the tributes to him, like, flooded my news feed. So he was obviously somebody that – you know, made a lot of connections while he was out there and, and left lasting impressions. But it was just us. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, and me, seven. So I want you to envision seven guys in the ble- right field bleachers, new stadium or old stadium, whatever the case may be, only seven of us. So what is the significance here, Tom? The significance is that out of those seven, Larry is one of the seven. And there is nobody in the Oi. stadium. If I am speaking to you at this level right now, you could probably hear it from right field. If I'm speaking a little louder, sure. if I'm like shouting the way Larry would, there is no question they can hear it in the other dugout. They may even be able to hear it on the other side of the river. That's how quiet it was. So the Orioles, um, Yankees ended up winning the game, but the Orioles, Adam Jones and Nick Markakis were in center and right field that night. Oh, and oh, I'm going to I'm going to mention this to Larry later so I want to remember you see what his memory is of it. But for whatever reason, um I guess Adam Pacman Jones, uh the the football player was was in the news. He was oh, in the news hmm. at that time for something, God knows what. So Larry and I were just calling Adam Jones Pacman Jones. And again, what was I saying earlier about the fact that, hey, if you're um, heckling and you don't get a response, the heckle may slowly die away. Well, not only did Adam Jones respond to us, but the Yankee bullpen, which was right underneath us, was cracking up because Larry and I just kept chanting, Pac-Man Jones, Pac-Man Jones. And Adam Jones, you know, you could tell was pissed. Nick Markakis, we had fun with. but again, six other guys and me, an entire – I have the game pulled up right now on Baseball Reference. It says three hours and seven minutes. Tom, we were there for the entire three hours and seven minutes. The, the photo that I'm sharing later was taken at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, we look wet because guess what? It was still drizzling and at times pouring. They needed to get the game in. It was a divisional game in September. They didn't know if they had a chance to make it up later. And again, you know, we've we've made our case on this podcast and in, and in many conversations or at the bodega, over text, whatever the case may be, the majority of us are not fans of the new stadium. To me, seeing a World Series yeah. win there was still special. The 2017 playoff run, I was special. I enjoyed it. But for me, all these years later, to remember that game, a, a, a meaningless September 2011 game, divisional game against the Orioles obviously I remember it because the the atmosphere you know it wasn't an electric atmosphere but it was a special atmosphere and I'll tell you whether it's Larry Haas Chris Kevin Sancho um, again Udi may he rest in peace whenever I see these guys nine years later 
when we say the two thirty in the morning game, they always have that. They always have yeah, a look like, on their face, cool. like a little smile, because they remember it and they were happy to be there. And you know, we got to heckle. We got. Listen, you know, last thing I'll say. We got to heckle guys, and there was yeah. no doubt they heard every single word we said. Oh yeah, you know, oh, well, two things. One, uh, one day we should do a reunion yeah, podcast yeah. with, um, you know, and we'll put a picture up of Udi with us, and uh, we just sit down and kick things around about stuff like that. And even if it's not just about that game, it's it's a different group of people sharing stories. So that's one for the future. Um, and then second, I, I almost related to it. We went to a Long Island Ducks game. Yes, it's indie baseball. It's totally different. And um, we had tickets for it. It was a playoff game, and it was pouring. The stadium was empty. We had to go. My daughter had school the next day. Look, I would have stuck it out. We had to go. Two hours later, at like 1030, they played the game, apparently in front of 17 people. And one of my biggest regrets as an old-school baseball fan was we had seats right behind the dugout. I would have loved to have seen a game, even an indie game in a stadium with only 17 people, you know, watching baseball. Now, would I have heckled? No, I don't heckle anymore. All right. Well, not there. It's an indie game. But I, I know how the sound carries. We would hear people on the, uh, on the left field side, you know, asking for a pretzel. So, uh, man, I could re- that I would yeah, have no, loved that. Fun. And again, you know, Paul Olden mentioned on the last episode how he's, you know, he's done a bunch of those split doubleheader games where maybe the the first game has, you know, only a few thousand people or maybe, you know, there's a blowout game and only a few thousand people are around for the ninth inning. There, there is on baseball reference. It says paid. It says attendance, 44,000. That's yeah, they only count paid. Yeah, so you never know paid. exactly right. Tom, to me, there easily must have been less than a thousand people, but it's not only the amount of people. It's also the time. This game ended after two in the morning, and we were still there on a Tuesday night. I swear I would have left that been there. And uh, oh man, you had another um, one. Didn't you know you? what? Those are the two that those are the two that really stuck out to me. You know that I don't want to take anything away from that game. And again, to me, Vernon Wells, um, you know, Ver, Ver, the Vernon Wells stories, which again, you know, gimmick infringement here is a podcast in itself. I mean, I'll give you one because it was pretty quick. It was like a Sammy Lammy. Uh, <laughs> sure. like 2005, you know, the dugout, right? That bar, the dugout, I may, I may have said, I hope I sure. can say this story on the Vinny episode, but I drank so much. So we were at the dugout getting completely liquored up and it was to the point where you kind of looked at each other. And once the shots get involved, you know that you can get into the game, but you're not going to last that long because the shots are, you know, uh, like a, uh, recipe for disaster. We get in, the Blue Jays are in mm-hmm. the field. Obviously, everybody remembers the ramp up to 39. As you as you get up the tunnel, you're basically directly in right center field. So there must have been a lefty up, and Vernon Wells was shading a little over to right field. I get up, Vernon, go fuck yourself, whatever the hell I said, and boom, just like in – just like in the cartoon, uh-huh. Terrence put the you know the the cane around my neck, and I must have lasted not even thirty seconds, and I was right out. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I um, I remember I I already mentioned these on the podcast, but things like um Dave Parker, I just saw a good MLB documentary on him. Um, he's suffering now from some stuff. Um, but when he was he was a coach then with the angels and we were yelling at him during batting practice. And, you know, this is a guy that's kind of a legend. 
you know, but we, we didn't, we didn't let up on those guys. And he looks at us and he goes, you guys better be quiet or I'm going to hit you with my wallet. <laughs> now I already told that story on here, but for people that are new, that's one of my favorites. He was going to hit us with his Clever. big wallet, it's a all that money. Another one I already told, and I'm going to tell because I lo- this is one of my favorite stories. We were ripping the Mariners. We're ripping John Marzano, another guy, rest in peace. And finally, as they're getting ready to run to the dugout, and I told this, I think, on episode one or two, and, and close a podcast with this quote. He walks over to us, and he looks at us, and he goes, hey, guys, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to that. be nice. And we looked at each other, and we were like in awe. And then he jogs in. And then we became a big fan to where his last name's Marzano. So people were asking him. Literally, we were talking to him about pasta and recipes for Italian food in the next few games. Um, Another one I remember, Ben McDonald from the Baltimore Orioles. A good, you know, I was a big fan of his. You know, he's a big raw bone pitcher. Yeah, the accent, you know, to talk like this. So he's out there, we're ripping him, and he, we're having fun with him. And then we see a rookie, I think the guy's name was O'Donoghue, John O'Donoghue or something. And he's standing far away to stay away from us because we're ripping everyone. So we asked Ben nicely, we go, hey, do me a favor. Can you go get him and bring him over here so we can rip him? He goes, yeah, sure, I'll go get him right now. And he walked over and brought him over Easiest so we can rip out. him. Tone, Tone, you talk about guys that um, bought into the hype. Uh, another guy, rest in peace. Oh, my God, too many people pass away young. Tony Phillips, um, still to this day one of my favorite baseball players in regards to bleacher relations. Um, this is a guy that would laugh at us, kind of make gestures, uh, smirk at us. And then one day, it's a boring old game. Nothing's going on. He's out in the outfield, and we're like, hey, Tony. He kind of looks a little we're like Tony. He looks a little we're like dance. <laughs> She kind of gives us like that look like, what? We're like, dance. This motherfucker did starts really? dancing, bro. He's dancing in the outfield. Yes, I had did. no God idea. Bless I him. had no idea he, he was dead, by him. the way. Yeah. yeah, and that's a sad loss. And, boy, he was dancing. He was having a good old time. Um, so we used to love guys like that. Um, but, yeah, we're like, dance. One of the favorite stories I have, and I wish I knew names. I'll leave you with this one. It's not a heckle story. And then I'm going to get to the Bobby Higginson story, which is a good one. Um, there's a guy out there. I remember someone pissed us off. Let's just say it was uh, – I'm just going to throw a name out there. Let's say it was Willie McGee, all right, who we always used to call ugly. So let's say he pissed us off. The next week we noticed that the team that's in town is playing that team the week later. So there's a picture out there, and I, I'll, I'll find this one day, and I'll get the name. We call him over, and we're giving him a little bit of shit, and then finally he's laughing. So we're like, hey, can you do us a favor? He's like, what's up? We're like, next week you guys are playing, you know, against Willie McGee. Can you hit him? And he's laughing. He's like, I can't do that. I'm like, come on, man. We're like, do it. Hit him. He's like, come on, man. I'm not doing that. We're all having fun. Strike me dead. The next week, I'm looking at the goddamn box scores, and sure enough, they played that team and hit by pitch. Willie McGee by that tabs guy. tabs on all the names that we're talking about, by the way, to see who dies next week. Yeah, I gotta look. I gotta look up who who it was because we told this guy to hit Willie McGee, and he did. Um, so that's a fun one. Here's a classic: Bobby Higginson, Detroit Tigers. 
we would give him a lot of crap and he'd buy into it. So one game, we're giving him the you suck treatment. And I happen to be louder than most. And I'm also more noticeable than most because I guess I was sloppy looking and loud and dumb. So at some point he gets a ball and he's, he's fiddling around with the ball. He turns around, he points at me and he throws the ball to me. Okay. I catch it. The ball says <laughs> you suck too. Okay. Bobby Higginson is still alive, by the way, <laughs> so, as of this recording. Yeah. Can we get him on serious? the podcast? I'll try. I'll try. No, I, 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 yeah. no, I'll reach out to him. So I, I, I don't want the ball, apparently. You know, what the hell? So I throw it back. He throws it back to me again. All right. I throw it back. So they get tired of it, and somebody else takes that's it, and that's the end of it. It was only a little bit later that I realized, I'm like, what the fuck, man? I should have kept that ball. So I remember complaining to, tw- to Queen Tina of the bleachers. And I'm like, you know, I fucked up there. I should have kept that ball. She's like, don't worry, Tom. I'll get you a ball. Because she would go out around the back and see some of the players sometimes. So apparently the next day, she goes around the back. Bobby Higgins is walking in. She calls him over. She goes, hey, listen, Tom... You gave Tom a ball, and it said he sucks, and he wants it, and he's very sad, and blah, blah, blah. So he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. The next day, it's a Sunday afternoon game or a weekend game. The stadium is packed. Everybody's in right before the teams come on the field for batting for, – not batting practice, for the game. The stadium is ready for game time. All of a sudden, here comes Bobby Higginson at a Tiger Day out, running towards the outfield by himself in front of 50,000 people. He runs to the bleachers. He looks up and he goes, where's Tom? I was like, they can't find me. I don't know where to be found. Tony, you want to take a guess where I was? Yeah, I was outside drinking beer. Right. So Tina's down there. She goes, hey, still outside drinking beer or whatever. He tosses her up a ball. I still have it. I'll pull it out for another future podcast. He actually wrote on it, you suck too, drew a little bit of a middle finger on that, gave it to Tina, she handed it to me. That's and a that's great my story. Bobby you should share story. you should share a photo of it. Did you did you say what year it was? And I, I asked that because I have his baseball reference up now. And it looks like he had a little spike in his I offensive do. production. So depending on the year, he may have been roid raging on you. Yeah, I did blog the game, and I have the exact it, game where this happened. If but you I had have to guess, do you think it was 1997, which is, uh, it looks like a year that he went up almost uh, 40 Ooh. RBIs? I would have thought it was earlier. I would have thought it was earlier, but maybe he was so upset that I was yelling at him <laughs> that he got sad. And That's he a great that he story, had though. That is a statistics. very good story. And, and you know what? I have the ball. I really have it somewhere, but I'm so – I know people are going to yell at me. I have a few autographed balls, and I would put them – I just throw them in like a beer box, believe it or not, like a, beer, a box that I would carry it beer It always in comes back to beer. What happens is all that ink would fade. Yeah, and the ink would fade, and you can hardly see it. And I'm very upset I didn't save it. But what our plan is, we'll find Bobby Higginson. I'll get a new ball. We'll have him on the podcast. Yeah, Maybe we'll, we'll sing it to That's the way we would end it, and then you guys would trade balls. But that's a great story, man. That's a good one. you got to find that ball. And one more, and then we'll uh, go to our first break. Um, 
another player, and again, I don't have names, but you should be happy I don't have names because otherwise I'd be making them up because I remember all of that. But we could talk to George about this, drummer boy George. Um, we're standing yelling at players on the field one day, and Teddy, angry Teddy's yelling at someone, and the guy's yelling back at Teddy, and George is just standing next to Teddy, and he's behaving himself. He's just behaving. He's not doing anything. So the guy's yelling back at Teddy and finally goes, you know what? You're the loser. He goes, because instead of being standing there with a hot chick, you're standing next to, a, and I'll use the word Gaylord. He points at George. He goes, you stand next to Gaylord like that guy. Meanwhile, George wasn't even doing anything. When George heard that, oh, my God, he went off. Because he, he could go it. off with the best of them. But I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious that he went after a guy that really was doing nothing. And... Um, the last thing I'll say on this segment is it was amazing sometimes how the players would come back to us and some of them were really X-rated. They were really out of control, and that's fine with me. But, man, they'd be yelling up at stands with little kids in there. You know, you talk about us bleacher creatures being uncouth and out of control. I don't these think, guys would give I don't it think right you back. see that anymore, by and, the way, um, with today's player, right? With, yeah, yeah. these guys are a little – no. they're cut a little differently. No, yeah. because yeah. everything is monitored. And they'll also email the team and go, your guy did this. And we'll leave it on this one, Tone. I know I keep saying we'll leave it at this, but this is what I do, especially five beers in. By the way, you know I'm five uh, beers in. Now I know. And do you know that I'm almost done with Domi's bottle of wine, so I may have to open another one. God bless us both. Um, Here's a funny story. But, again, uh, and, you know, it goes back to telling stories again and again. I might have told this already. Because I don't know. I tell the same. I tell I've, stories at work. I tell I've stories at home. I yeah, tell stories to I've you. I tell stories at the supermarket. It's impossible. Yeah. So, but I told people if you hear us repeat a story, send me a message. <laughs> the first one that sends a message gets a prize. But, um, yeah. But uh, the Oakland days, um, people were like going at it with them over the thing, and then they made friends. And this wasn't a Yankee Stadium. I don't know where it was, but. They go, all right. So a guy comes down and goes, hey, everything's calm now. Can you sign a ball for my kid, right? So he throws the ball down. They go, yeah, we'll sign it. So they sign it, right? They throw the ball back up. and It has like 15 signatures on it. But instead of signing like their names, they sign the names of serial killers. <laughs> yeah, they sign like John Wayne Gacy and, you know, all these other people. I, and boy, the guy I was mad. that's better and, than and actually he's cursing, though, at them, right? I mean, that's at least like a clever, yeah. Oh, but he snitched. But he snitched, and, you know, it made all the social media. This was before social media, but it made all the sites. They're like, how dare they? Today would have been on Twitter in five minutes. There you go, Paul. Is there – you know what? One question – one last question for you before we go to our first break. The way – no, it's not – I mean, we can get to that later in the show. But my question was going to be, in your opinion – and I don't have an answer to this. Hopefully you do. But if you don't, anybody listening, feel free to share. The way that we sort of um, described Vernon Wells and, you know, the whole um, being a part of the show, you know, getting it and giving it right back. Who would you say is the modern day Vernon Wells for the Bleacher Creatures in in the 2019-2020 Yankee Stadium? Well, first, I'm the wrong person to ask because I haven't been inside the stadium in so long. I'm there. I'm only there a glad hand for an inning before I go back to the bodega. So, but yes, that is something I that no I idea. would like people yeah, if to somebody, answer. If somebody so can, can tell revisit. us who the new Vernon Wells is, uh, we'd appreciate that. But Tom, we've been talking, wow, almost 50 minutes and it's felt like nothing. 
You're drinking yeah, a lot longer than it should have. Why don't we do this? Let's go to our first break. Uh, we're going to hear actually from Metsuck Balls here, some of his yep. uh, heckling memories. And, and By the way, no, two things about that. One, he's Metsuck Balls. How does he introduce himself? Hi, it's Mark. Uh, no, you're not Mark. You're Metsuck Balls. And he's also That's an attorney, he's right? Close. And you can sort of tell because the way he puts his words together. I mean, he, he's pretty yeah. spoken. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he has a law degree, but that's not his career right now. But here's the other thing about this. Um, by the way, I'm going to leave it with this. My favorite moment in the podcast almost in history is this. <laughs> We're going to hear from Metsuck Ball, Syphilis Show, and John Jaskrunski <laughs> from WFAN. All right. Let's na- <laughs> in Talk this, about in this like, instance, let's hear from Metsuck Balls. And you know what, Tom? Let's hear from Metsuck Balls, and then let's also hear that – uh, Howard yes. Finkel uh, call of from WrestleMania three of Ricky the Dragon Steam. We'll squeeze that in. Yes, please do that, and then right, we're going to we come back, back with right segment after two. This. Hey guys, Mark here. So you want to hear about interactions with various players. For me personally, four names come to mind. Ichiro, Rick Ankiel, Steve Souza, and Josh Reddick. Guys like Vernon Wells and Raul Mondesi can be left for other people, but I had specific incidents uh, with all four of these guys. Ichiro is one where I became known for learning Japanese curses. In fairness, I wasn't the originator of that, but I ran with it and Googled more so that whenever Ichiro was in town, we were well prepared. Anyone could curse out a player, but to do it in his native language is something special that only our section could think of doing. For several years, we serenaded Ichiro in various curses, including baka, which means stupid. I also talked with Hiro, who told me that the worst thing you can do is call someone hitakso, which means incompetent shit. You might remember that word from the movie Major League. Uh, Hiro taught me the proper way to say fuck you in Japanese, which is kutabaire. What is really funny is that whenever Ichiro was in town, there were more Japanese people in the section, so they always laughed their asses off whenever they heard what we said. One night we were especially on. Uh, The Hitakso chants were extra loud, and for the first time, the normally stoic Ichiro seemed to be affected. Then it happened. He made an error, and we were off to the races. The Hitakso chants were so loud that we could visibly see Ichiro move his head, like he was just twisting it a little bit. He caught the last out of that inning and ran toward the sides like he was going to throw the ball into the stands, but he faked it. That was about as pissed as Ichiro gets. The next guy is Rick Ankeel, who was used to be a pitcher in St. Louis, but was a right fielder one night when he came to New York. He failed as a pitcher, that's why he moved to the outfield. At this point, most of our normal chants in the bleachers were banned, so one-liners were really all we had. So on a quiet night with Ankeel in right field, I stood up and yelled, Hey Ankeel, way to throw five wild pitches in the 2000 NLDS, you idiot. He turned around and looked right at the section. Checkmate. Sometimes you don't just get the player to turn around, but you get a nice crowd pop. 
In the late 2017 game against Tampa, Steve Souza was in right. Traditionally, my insult of choice was, hey, Souza, you're a loser. But on that night, I got a little creative, and once again, Wiki came through. At the right time, when Souza, when it was just quiet enough, I stood up and yelled, hey, Souza, way to leave baseball when you were in the minors because your girlfriend cheated on you. Souza turned around and the crowd went wild with the big, oh, like I hit the zinger of the year. When it died down, I finished the insult with, with your teammate. And finally, there's Josh Reddick. I was the first one to call him Red Dick, though in fairness, that's not too creative. It's pretty obvious and I ran with it a lot, as did others. Naturally, I made a lot of bad penis puns with him, but I'm running out of time for your broadcast to just list them all. However, one day, the name that keeps on giving gave me an even greater gift, and it got a good reaction. He was with Oakland at the time, and Billy Burns was playing center. And I realized that I had a big opportunity, and thankfully, the crowd had my back. The usual red dick comments were made with the same goofy jokes, but then I shouted something at Billy Burns, who you could see was laughing at him. I got up, pointed to Red Dick and yelled, Red Dick. And then I continued and pointed toward Billy Burns and yelled, Burns. So it was going, Red Dick, Burns, Red Dick, Burns. And the crowd joined in. So for a good 30 seconds, we were chanting, Red Dick, Burns. Both of them actually had to bury their faces in their gloves as they were visibly laughing. And then a few months later, and I swear this happened, they were back with Coco Crisp in left. So I got to do it again, starting the chant, Red Dick Burns Crisp. We heard that Howard Finkel call. What'd you think, by the way, that Howard Finkel call from WrestleMania 3? Love that Howard Finkel call. It gives me uh, goosebumps, as they say. I thought it was one of the better ones. One thing I do want to say, just when I went to the bathroom and I had a bathroom break, so those guys that I mentioned... Is it Larry Haas, Chris Red, Kevin Sancho, and, and Udi? Those were the guys that were there at the end of the game when we took the picture. That doesn't necessarily, quote unquote, mean that they were the only ones there. Because I oh would, yeah, I would get heat. That's the thing. I was envisioning getting a text. Hey, I was there too. Maybe guys came and went and couldn't stay till two thirty in the morning. But the ones that stayed till two thirty in the morning are the ones in that photo. So I just want to be on the record here, so I don't catch any heat from. Oh yeah, yeah. There'll be some heat. Um. So here we go with segment two. What we got planned for this, I'm going to do the old scorecard. I ripped one out. I think it's a good one. Um, and then we are going to go to segment three, which is the final one. I'm here. I'm sure we hear a lot of yay for that. Um, and we're going to do uh, a new segment, 15 minutes with um, Bad Mouth Larry talking about the topic on hand, which is heckling. And I'll get into more about that, uh, that thing, you know, as, as we go on. So, uh, Tone, you want to get going with a scorecard here? Go ahead. Give me the date. Give me the game. All right. Get this together. The date of the scorecard happens to be April 14th, 1996. Okay. Yankees are hosting the Rangers. Okay. Who started that game? Well, you know, Actually, I'm going to look that up on baseball reference here. No, you don't have to have it right in front of me. Dude. Oh yeah, you're reading from a Kevin you're reading Gro- from a scorecard. That's right. Kevin Gross, what do you think about that? He was gross. Yeah. Oh wait, wait till you see his pitching line. Well, I'll give you a spoiler. One in a third inning, six hits, five <laughs> runs, two walks. And he was the starter. This motherfucker. Yeah, this motherfucker gave up 
six hits and two walks in an inning and a third. Oh my. That's kind of like your line in the softball game in the first Whoa, year. whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, what the whoa, fuck is whoa, that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe, uh, oh, maybe, maybe I came Christ. to bring. Tom Holy shit! Is that Frost? How the fuck did you get on this line? <laughs> what the fuck? This motherfucker is that, crashes is my that Frost? You know it is. Tony. No. Oh my god! Frost had a Zoom call by the way the other night, Tom. Maybe he encrypted a password uh, to now lo- to hack into our podcast. What the fuck? Well, he's you know, only had ten podcasts, and this guy's crashed two of them. Listen, it's better than you taking all those calls from balls. He's the only person. <laughs> Are you kidding uh, me? I, I started that fucking Zoom, uh, and I had 20 people tell me I won't go on it if balls is on it. You can't. You can't. No way. Now, wait a minute. How many people? Because I, I had fun. I was only on it for like a minute or two. I ended up waking up my little guy. How many people did you max out at? How many was like top that joined? Oh, no. We, we could have had like 100. I think we ended up with like 12 or 13. 12 or 13. But, but yeah. from what I hear... There is there is a demand for another one, right? Like you're going to do another one, and there's going to be more people. Well, by the way, I'm going to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt for three things. One, Alexa, shuffle songs from death. All right, that's number one. Number two, Frost. What's with two weeks till the next Zoom? Why not next week? What do we have to do? It's not that we have much to do, but I, I think everybody needs to recover from. Uh... You know, from syphilis Joe and his family <laughs> having 75 shots yeah. and, and, you know, and, and just, you know. All he of a killed sudden, him. He did. All of a sudden, the guy's sitting there, you know, arguing with Debbie on, like, if he ever met her or not. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is funny. He did kill the bottle, and then he was like, I've never, have I ever met you before? And we're like, yeah, Joe, I've known you for, like, 16 years. See, I missed that because I was only on for a few minutes. That's good. When I was on, my we least favorite part the whole time. Yeah. Well, you know, your, your suggestion well, he... was phenomenal. All of a sudden, you know, Tone makes a suggestion, and thirty people. There were only twelve on the podcast on the on the Zoom, but thirty people have a background picture of Dan. Yeah, I changed my Zoom background, Tom, to a to piece well, of shit. Well, we needed those because Dan needed to make one because he was doing it from his bed. It looked like the start of like a bad porno that, movie. That was a disgrace. This guy's that like, was a disgrace that he. Yeah. Did, well, wait, no, I don't know which was worse. First, he comes on with with a V-neck wife beater that he's been wearing for three weeks. <laughs> yes. 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 Then he comes back on with a Sam Madison jersey. <laughs> Kevin, rookie, rookie, rookie <laughs> Kevin is like, oh my God, this is Sam Madison jersey, and then bang, the power goes out at his house. Like God said, fuck Sam Madison and fuck the Dolphins. Yeah, and then and then, yeah. and then Tom. Turns and that was around, the end of Kevin for the night. And then, and then Tom turns around and is like, hey Andy, where's your Sam Madison jersey, you fucking Dolphins fan? <laughs> Listen, I'll be, I'll be. I thought it was a great idea. Now, was it your idea or it was Rose? Rose like came up with it, but you sort of took the bull by the horns and and initiated it. And listen, well, he had to because Rose never showed up on the call. This is what I wanted to say. So I think a lot of people were hesitant because it was like the first time. But speaking as someone that joined it for be it for a few minutes, I do think that people enjoyed it. And there certainly was a buzz that got around. So I think whatever we envisioned for the first one didn't happen, but now it will for the second one because now you've gotten it out of the way and people are calling. Kind of tone, tone, kind of like we had like 17 calls for the last episode. We volunteered for calls. In this episode, we have three. Uh, four, <laughs> but you're right. Yes. No, no, it's pretty much the same thing yeah. in reverse order, though, because now people people are calling. Yes. Yeah, I'm not happy that, he, that it's two weeks. By the way, uh, t- uh, Frost, you have two more minutes. Hang on. Alexa. Set a timer for two minutes. <laughs> it doesn't Alexa, matter. doesn't matter. I have the password. Set a timer for two minutes. I have the password. I'll show up in Larry's too. <laughs> yeah, he hacked it. 
everybody okay on your end? You and your family, everybody all right? Yeah, I mean, thank God. Look, the reality is the situation's awful. You know, we we went to a fire today in the building that's got COVID all over it. But, you know, if you're going to sit and talk about things like that, it's not me. It's it's Chaz. It's it's Fat Rack. Guys who, you know, who are literally on the front lines of this every day. And and all power goes to them. And I think uh, Christina, the girl with the blue hair, I'm not sure what she does, but she might be a nurse or something the way she was talking about it. And, you know, those are the those are the people. Marie, Marie's a nurse. And then you got people like uh, Bald Vinny's making masks for people. Uh, Rose, who didn't show up on the Zoom, is baking bread and the money's going to causes. I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing little things. But, yes, Frost, we do appreciate everything you're doing and all the other people that you mentioned because, yeah, that is the that is the front lines. Yeah, and, and, and you know, th- those guys in the city, you know, they're the ones who are uh, – it's just – it's unbelievable the things that they're doing and putting their own families and, you know, you know, Rack's got a young daughter. You know, he's putting her at risk every day going out there and, you know, all the power to them. And it was actually great to see him on the podcast. And, you know, uh, to, to, to bring it to levity, you know, we're talking about Rack was the uh, champion toilet clogger. Um, every time we went to my apartment in Queens, he clogged the toilet. And he always used to joke about, like, I just make big vlogs. That's not what he did. He used to stuff the freaking toilet with, like, a, a roll of toilet paper. But man, that, that guy was just like death with the with the toilet. But it was great to see him because I literally haven't talked to him in a couple of years, and that's one of the cool things about what we're doing. Um, you know, uh, seeing these guys again, seeing Rocky out there on there. Susie came back on. Debbie was there. Uh, Chef was there. By the way, um, it was such a great melange well, of people. By the way, that, but yeah. Sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, Susie, I mean, I, just really quick, that who tried to throw me under the bus. I did. I, of course, timer's up, but you can stay for another minute. I did not go ignore Susie. Susie, I did not ignore you when I saw you on 34th and Broadway. I had headphones on. I was probably blasting like heavy metal music, and and that's why I couldn't hear you. So I wasn't ignoring you. Anyway, Frost, go ahead. No, I, and the greatest part of it, you know, the other side of it is that you know the next generation, you know, having. Susie's kid, you know, Susie's son being like, hi, Rocky, or like, you know, or, or Debbie's yeah. son's introducing themselves. My daughter's, you know, seeing George sleeping in the background. It's, you know, Emma came on. Joe, yeah. can't, you know, Joe, Joe's. Yeah, but Rocky's 17, you know, Rocky, Rocky's kid from back in the day is now married. You know, it's like we got all those ties. You're right. Frost, speaking about that, did you know, sort of like to tie it in here to what you said when you first came on, did you know that there was a behind-the-scenes attempt, I actually think a successful attempt, to get a permit for a softball game this summer? Were you no, aware of I, that? No, you know, I, that, came out on the, uh, that came out on the podcast, or on the Zoom, rather. And, you know, I find it very interesting that the same guy who, you know, when, when Tina let him for whatever reason, and this is no disrespect to her, you know, she's the queen. She could do whatever she wants, and she does. You know, when she let him make the arrangements for who was going to sit in Section 203, and certain of us were left out, those same certain people were left out of the softball game. But you know what? Maybe uh, that's why it's not happening. <laughs> well, And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe well, we'll do one without Well, uh, no, but I'll say that the reason I bring that up is because, see, like, I, I was kind of done with it for years. But then, to your point, thinking about, like, all of us now with kids and thinking of a day, not thinking about it for, like, getting on the field and playing competitive softball like fuck that 
thinking about it as a day out with like families, I said to myself in a crazy way, it might not be the worst thing in the world. Obviously, this summer, I doubt you can fucking make it happen because of everything going on. But you mentioning how cool it was to see people with their kids. That's kind of the first thing that came to my head, because what other way to get everybody together other than well, and a that's, game? And that's the thing you guys have talked about. You know, look, you know, I'm still only halfway through episode seven, but. That's the memories that we hear, you know, for all of us when we listen to you guys speak and just the friendships, the, the stupid shit. When, you know, when you talk about a night at Union Bar and I tell you, how could you do it? And you don't you still haven't mentioned Strahan. And, you know, that's just <laughs> awful because, you know, all, all shout outs to Strahan. I love I loved her then and I love her now wherever she is, probably, you know, surfing somewhere. Um, but it, it, it's it's those ties and the memories we all had together and bringing the next generation and, you know, looking at the fact the first softball game when, you know, guys didn't really know me and, you know, my, my then girlfriend and her father, you know, were in town. So they came by during the game to say hello. And, you know, now it's, you know, I've been married for over 10 years and, you know, and, and, you know, and a lot of my wife, you guys all knew her when she was, you know, just, you know, when she just started, you know, when she just became my girlfriend and, you know, that's my father-in-law and, and that's, you know, that's the memories we all have of, you know, of even people before me, you know, who knew Tom, but, you know, before, before Emma, you know, before Dana, it, yeah. it's, it's something magical. And that's 17 years now. You know, and, and, you know, I, yeah, and I would say, no, go ahead. Trust, I was saying like, it's the same thing. Like one of my favorite memories of all time is being in the back of the bodega when Neil gets a text and he goes, I got to go, I got to go. Cause his kid's being born. Yeah. It, it's, you know, I remember like, that opening day. Oh, four when Neil's son was born. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or going out to Vegas and texting quick, or going to, down to Florida and you know, and, and trying to see, uh, you know, trying to see, uh, you know, the guy who yells at everybody that you're about to talk to, or the guy who brings everybody their, you know, their dinner when you order the L three. <laughs> what about bumping into me in Vegas before Game Three of the O three ALDS Yankees Twins? Do you remember that? You bumped into me and my uncle. Yes, I do remember. Yeah, yeah remember it's, in it's Vegas. Just... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing. It's it's we, we all shared something special out there. And you know what? Good good for the next generation. As much as I hate, you know, as much as I might shit on the next generation, or you know, at least there's some ties to to the old school. You know, Tina, Rocky, you know, Milton, I guess a, a handful of other people. You know, and 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 and, yeah. it, and it should and keep going without all of us. But you know, uh, you know, maybe uh, it's about time that uh, Rocky or Joe or someone else started the roll call and was the leader of the bleachers. Here we go. We'll bring it together. We'll get you guys all on together at one point. But listen, um, before we go, Frost, this is funny. I went to go get my beer Friday. I had never seen forced beer, the one that you got me for my 1,000th beer in my life. And I turn into the airport. And what's the first goddamn thing I see? Now I'm seeing it everywhere. It was sitting right there. I'm like, son of a bitch. Like a fucking bad penny. I but keep I'm, coming back, my friend. Yeah. And I got that bottle. I'm going to keep that. That's my 1,000th beer on Untapped over five years. I'm now up to, believe it or not, it doesn't seem like long ago that I hit 1,000 beers. I'm now up to 1,060. So I've had 60 different beers well, since. The, so God I, I think bless the crazier you. part of that is on Friday night, I mean, this is Sunday afternoon. On Friday night, you're up to 1,050. So you've had 10 different beers in the day <laughs> yeah. and a half. It's a long weekend, bro. All right, Frost, get out of here. I'll talk to you. you do you have anything to say? Before you go, do you have anything to say to your legion of fan? <laughs> you, I'm talking to the two of them, so no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, well, have fun with Larry. No, I, but, lo I love him. You know, he's, he's the most Jewish anti you – know, that, that's something you need to bring up on that, by the way. The, 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 leader, the leader of the sure. Ku Klux Klan all of a sudden being the photographer for Team Israel. <laughs> ask, and by the way, ask him who helped him out with that. 
Frost, do me a favor. That's Don't a good one. Larry interview, okay? Delete the password. Thank you. Uh, all right, later, boy. Later, later, later. Tom. Tom, how the bye hell bye. did that happen, Tom? Hi. I'm, you're, yes. I'm, I'm waiting to hear. I don't know. Technology's a bitch. You give me, you know, the, the rest of the scorecard from this game against the Rangers in 96. And all of a sudden, I, I hear that voice. I got PTSD because he's done that to us before. But anyway, let's get back to the scorecard. He's almost like that, that, that annoying neighbor on the sitcom. So, yeah. And who would have thought that our first character would be that Jack Frost? That was funny. This game actually is historic because um, some funny shit happened. We're talking about April 14th, 1996. The Yankees host the Rangers. I almost said Islanders for some reason. I guess I'm in relapse here. Um, We had a a Blue Lou barbecue. And a lot of you may remember these Blue Lou barbecues. uh, Upper deck um, when the garage is right by the stadium. I'll never forget who who bought somebody once bought a can of beans. Who the fuck has a can opener tone? At Yankee Stadium, a can of beans? No, no. You're gonna have to yeah. you're gonna have yeah, to someone figure bought, out. We used to say bring food. Yeah. yeah, someone bought a can. We, we used to say bring stuff, eat whatever you want, but throw in, you know, you can but uh someone showed up with a can of beans and uh yeah. But anyway. Oh, did we talk about the story? This again, I get off topic, but that's what five beers does. Only five? I thought you were on the six. We talked about when not. No, I am on the six. I did open. You didn't hear me open it at, in the, middle, at the fourteen in the minute mark. I thought you opened segment? it up while Frost was talking, but anyway, I digress. Yeah, that, that was three minutes ago. Um, did we did we tell the story about Knobloch showing up at Blue Lou's barbecue with fucking fried no, chicken? I, I can't wait. Oh, by the way, by wait a oh. minute. Speaking of all the people, yeah. and God bless them, and we should shout them out that are risking their health here. Knobloch had the coronavirus too. Did you see yeah. that? He shared that on Facebook. He was out. Oh, he of shared he it. Okay, God bless him. Yes, he is. A, he's yeah. a mailman, and he's doing well. Thank God. Yeah, no, that's another person. We're not. We're not this. And we tried to throw up some nurses, people that work in nursing homes or on the fire department and things like that. But Listen, you're right. You mail, got people like ma- Knobloch that are out, are out there just as much. So Knobloch, Midget Mike, God bless them all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not downgrading that at all. But I will downgrade him for this. He shows up. Lulu's out there. They're, they're, they're grilling sausage. They're grilling steak, burgers, dogs. This motherfucker comes walking up there with palace fried chicken. Oh no, crown god. fried chicken. From from the Bronx, probably, right? Oh. He, oh, my God. Yes. And let me – well, I got a picture, and I will post this later. Strike me dead if I don't. Text me if I don't. Lou walks up, calmly takes his box of chicken, and throws it 80 – well, not 80, 30 feet in the air. That chicken comes crashing down. <laughs> that was the end of Navox chicken. He goes, how the hell do you bring fried chicken to my, oh my barbecue? God. Because, again, it the is, grill's listen, open. I'm, I, I grill, too. I don't think I'm on Blue Lou's level. By the way, Blue Lou, another guy I've been texting with a lot during this pandemic. But if you were to bring chicken and I'm busting my ass, not only grilling but doing the setup, I'm sorry. I would take that as disrespect mm-hmm. as well, Tom. I can't blame Blue Lou here. Yeah. Oh, it went toss. And I got a good picture of Blue Lou. Over Knobloch, falling chicken, by Knobloch. making That's like terrible. a. <laughs> yeah, we should. By the way, is it, uh, uh, how's this for a poll? What's worse, Knobloch bringing chicken to Blue Lou's barbecue, or Knobloch getting injured 
before the Bleacher Creek softball game while playing catch with Justin <laughs> to where he couldn't play we softball. Should, we should have Justin and Nal Block on to talk about that catch. We should. That's that's one we got to produce. We will. Yeah. Um, how about this one? So we had a barbecue. Now, get this. And I, only now, uh, how many years later is this? This was, 20, again, 20 minus 97 so, is 23. Okay, I'll go with I that. Promise. So, no, it's 24. No, 24. it's 24. It's 2020, though. April 14, oh, 96. 96. I did 97. Yeah. Sorry, you're, you're right, 24. Yeah, yeah. So, these guys are taking golf clubs and golf balls out of the trunk, and they're hitting the golf balls over the subway tracks towards the buildings across the way. I don't know if those are abandoned buildings I don't know where those balls are going. I sure as hell don't hope. I hope they don't hit anybody. I didn't see any stories they did, but that's well, what they were doing. I can tell you this: in the last five or ten years, those buildings are not abandoned because there's been like a real estate rejuvenation in the South Bronx. But in 1996, there's a good chance they were hitting them either into abandoned buildings or to crack houses, which are pretty much the same thing. So continue. That's well, would you even be able to hit those from the golf? I don't remember well, how far away I've they been, were over said, the tracks. Golf balls were they were they yes. using golf clubs? Were they drivers yes, they were. or were they irons? I wrote down they were hitting screen so they must have been drivers. And as somebody that has just taken up golf in the last four or five years, I could tell you from that parking garage across the street with a driver. That's easily less than 200 yards. Yes, it, it can be done. It can easily be done. Tom, why do golfers wear two pairs of pants? In case they get a <laughs> hole in one. Um, so, no, do you know what else these guys did? Now, now, this is before the stadium opens, okay? They were hitting golf balls over um, into okay. the stadium. From – from the garage. From the garage. Really? Wow. See that? You yes. Have to have, you have to have. Yeah, good that's lift not safe. To do that. That is impressive. Yeah, these guys, they, 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 they yeah, they who, had good lift. I can hope you that name no me some names. Who, who was hitting them from the parking garage into the stadium? That's impressive. Well, I would think it was Blue Lou because it was out of his trunk, but I don't remember. I, I didn't write that down. You, going back to softball, you remember some of those hit in softball? He lifted them pretty high, so I, I believe yeah. that. Do you know? Do you know my dad? Um, God bless him. Uh, he never let me golf. Um, my dad was a very good golfer. He still is. Well, if he ever gets on the course again, but um, he took my brothers out golfing. Do you know why I wasn't allowed to golf? Can you take a wild guess? Do with drinking beer? No, uh, my patience level. I think you're supposed that's to drink my beer. Point. When you play golf. The best part my is drinking level. while you wait, but you don't have the patience, huh? Yeah, no, but my patience level, dude, and like. I'm the only guy in the world. We'll get into this in another podcast, but I'm the only guy in the world that had two, two different women walk out on him <laughs> on mini golf courses, mini golf courses. Well, I'll tell that story in another yeah, time. Two I lost different that. women because I was getting like out of control, being upset at mini golf courses because of my bad play. Um, here, here's a funny thing though, about this uh, going back to this barbecue. Um, and this is a legendary story in Bleacher history. So listen up, people. Pull your chairs up. We ran out of beer. So think about this. These are the days we tried to go in around game time. 
So let's say game time is one o'clock, all right, and it's twelve twenty, and you're running out of beer. What all do right. you do? You still have about 20, 30 minutes till you're going in, but you don't really have time to go out and get more beer. One of the homeless guys that used to hang around there, and I don't know if it was Tyson. Everybody knows Tyson, the homeless guy. But one of the guys walks over and he's talking about, yeah, man, you can drink stuff like cough medicine and keep the buzz going and stuff. So I swear on the Holy Bible, someone goes, I got caught. Yes, they had Robitussin in the fucking car. So we pull out the bottle of Robitussin and freaking Lou takes a shot of it. And then he gives it to me and I did like two shots of it. And then we went inside. He said that you can keep the buzz if well, you're drinking Robitussin. Well, why do you think the cough is chained up at the drugstores? Exactly. Well, no, I don't think you get drunk on just drinking it. But apparently, according to him, you can continue the buzz. This is a rowdy game. Uh, hats were getting thrown. It was playing the Rangers, so Rangers hats were being thrown. Uh, Red Sox hats getting thrown. Cowbell Man Ali. God bless him. Tone said no. He was less than a month was, away that he I passed away. I was just about to say, you said this, this is April 14th, 96? Yeah, 96. And by May oh 7th God. or 8th, I believe, in 96, wow. yeah. he passed away. Does anybody know his last game? Do you have that chronicled, or, or does anybody know? No, I think – I. here's what I believe. I, I have the game, believe it or not. We'll talk about this on the podcast one day. I have the game when we found out he passed away and everyone left their nice messages. If I remember correctly, and someone will correct me or let me know, I believe he didn't show up for like three or four games before that. Yeah, you he just didn't you show did, up. So you, you did sick, mention that in an episode. I don't remember which one. And then you mentioned yeah. finding out that he was dead in the environment that day. I don't remember if he went to every game, though, where it was like, Ali's not here. I do remember people like, where's Ali? But I don't think it was like he went to every single game and then stopped, you know, but I remember he was not there for a few games beforehand. He might have missed that whole homestand. But uh, being who we are, we didn't rip Ali for this, but we were kind of laughing at him because he was trying to uh, keep every keep the peace. He was telling security, leave him alone. You know, He's telling the people with the hats, just go in your seat. And we were laughing at him going, oh, come on, Ali, stop <laughs> kissing ass. But you know, God bless him. Um, it was so bad that day, Tone, that security was throwing people out left and right. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there, right? And some guy comes up to me and goes, what are you still doing here? I thought you got thrown out. So I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, didn't you get thrown out? What Do you know what I did? I walked down to the security guard and I go, am I thrown out? And he goes, nah, you're good. <laughs> See, you're I'm, good for now. I, I'm still in charge. I checked. I'm still security. in charge each time you guys or you, I guess, share stories of people being thrown out in like pre 98 games because i always had this mentality that it was just like the wild west out there and unless you like threw fists you could stay no matter what well keep in mind tone i didn't mark down that it was us that was thrown out it could have been anybody you know there are games that some of us got thrown out but um in this one it could have been anyone um now here's a funny one we did touch on this on an old podcast it was 1996 Yankee giveaway calendars at the gate. And we decided that it'd be a good idea if we ripped pieces of the players off and ate them. (laughs) Now, 
Now, I don't know what the criteria is, who you ate, but I did mark down on the scorecard, I believe, with players you didn't like. And here's where, here's, here's where the podcast curse comes into play. Guess what In player 1996, I uh, bup, bup, bup. Was it a Yankee or was it a Ranger? No, you know what? I'm not even going to make you do it because you'd have to go through the – uh, Tony well, Fernandez. Yeah, I mean, it took you it took you twenty four years, but yeah, what? the podcast curse kicked. Yeah, well, what what happened to Tony yeah, Fernandez earlier away. this year? He passed away. Twenty. Yeah, yeah. There now, you go. I know, when you I know say we decided curse. it was a good idea to eat players, who exactly is we? You and who else yeah. decided this? Well, I have only four names listed. I'm one. Gangbang Steve is another. Do you know who he ate? Bob Wickman. <laughs> I always remember Bob Wickman with like a big wad of tobacco in his cheek, getting ready to throw a pitch. Do you were you, were you at the game when they spelt his name wrong on the scorecard uh, scoreboard? Not, it said not, Bob Wickham. Yeah, it said yeah, Bob Wickham. Uh, some guy named Tom Jay, and I put a question mark. I don't know who that is. He ate Tino Martinez. <laughs> And Blue Lou, Blue Lou actually ate two players. He ate Dwight Gooden and so Joe Girardi. You guys, when you say eat, were you chewing it up and spitting it out? Yes. Or were you actually swallowing the paper? Don't tell me you were swallowing. You got to swallow it. Now, what I, think, what I think I remember happened is you rip off a little piece, oh you roll God. it really small, and then you could swallow it. You just keep going. But not to get off topic, but when I was in college – um, this is a funny story. When I, I was a hotshot columnist, I was annoying like I am now. I did the same stuff I do in the bleachers in college. So I got a ticket on campus, okay, for parking where I wasn't supposed to park. But it was a bullshit ticket. I was allowed to park there. And even if I wasn't, I thought I was allowed. And to this day, I say I'm allowed because I am who I am. So anyway, I decided I was going to hold a ceremony where I was going to take the summons. And in full public, I was going to eat it. And nobody was going to be able to make me pay it because it no longer existed because I ate it. And I literally went out on the court in college and I fucking wrapped it up and I ate it. And there was like 40 people there and they were cheering and it was a little revolution. And the joke I said at the time, I was like, I went a long way to get reading can, material for can, the bathroom, you know, because it's going to come out the other side. But... So this is that was 1988 or 89. So I already had this in me. So the way I did it then was I would take a little piece, kind of crumple it up to where it was palatable and you could swallow it. But um, yeah, I'm thinking that's how we did it. But yeah, we ate pieces of the calendar. Uh, I, do I advocate this? No. Do I advocate it now during a time of pandemic? Desperate yes, times, maybe. Yeah. Right. So if anyone has a calendar sitting at home, you want to eat a piece of it. Please post it on boxseatstop39 at gmail.com. Maybe we'll get some use. You will win a prize. Uh, Yeah, and as you said, Tom, where are these prizes coming from? We'll support small business in the area. Yeah. I'm hoping you all are, and and we'll figure out a prize. But that's crazy. Oh. Go ahead. You know what I got? I got one of those sit down, you alcoholic. That happened every once in a while. Every once in a while, someone would call me out. Why are they sitting out there? I, I didn't get that, a lot I of. I never heat. understood that either, Tom. Whether it was 1996 or 2016, you sit out there and you're not part of that group. You still know what to expect, 
right? Like, no one's sitting in the right field bleachers by accident. Well, I think some people, in, in fairness, some people don't know what's going on out there. They just buy a ticket, really? and they're like, you oh, I'm even, sitting in the bleachers. this day, you think they don't, they don't know, like, the history? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not advocating it. You know what I say? I say, F them. Screw them. You got to deal with what you got to deal. But some guy yelled at me, he goes, sit down, you alcoholic. Um, but, you know, but here's why. Do you know what happened? Apparently during this game, I opened up a pack of mustard and it went all over me, right? Here's the funny mystery to this. Anyone who knows me knows I never ate stuff during the game. I was too busy drinking. And to me, in my mentality back then, drinking and eating didn't mix because eating would ruin the buzz. Now, sometimes people that thought they were being charitable would bring me over a hot dog or something and go, here, eat this. Because they figured I had to. So I'm thinking maybe that's what happened here. But apparently I'm trying to open up a mustard and it went all over me. So guess what happens the rest of the game, Tone? These motherfuckers are bringing me up packets of mustard. Because they're like, Tom can't open mustard packs. They want to see. And they're making me open. Yeah, how much more, mu- see if or I how much more mustard you can get all over yourself. Yeah, so for the most of the game, I'm freaking opening up things of mustard. Um. And I was drunk and belligerent, and I said, you know, here I am. I can open it. And everyone's – I would open them, and here's the funny part. I was opening them successfully, but then what was I doing with them? I drop them on the floor. So then people are stepping on them, and they're shooting everywhere, and everybody ends up with mustard on That's funny. That's funny. Do you know what I forgot to talk to Steve about? The game where we're sitting at the game, and Steve's sitting there, and he goes, why the fuck do I have blood on me, right? So he has blood on him. On his pants, right? So um, we're laughing at him. And he's looking around. And then we notice I have blood on me, right? And then someone behind us goes, holy shit, I got blood on me. So like three of us had blood on us. And we never figured out what it was. you have no idea? Oh, my God. (laughs) No. But we're all still alive and kicking. This is is bleacher stuff, baby. Um, Tone, how about this one? I think I touched on this in an earlier podcast, but we didn't get into detail. There was a very annoying bleacher gimmick at the time. Um, It started when people would hit a home run and people would be jumping up and down, having fun, and they would (laughs) fall. Well, rather than helping them up, you had a bunch of idiots that would pile on Falling during the home run was part of the gimmick? No, it, okay. you wouldn't do it on purpose. People, It started because people fell. So they're laying down on seats trying to get back up. Rather than help them up, other people ah, are diving on top of the pile. Yes, and we started piling on. And this was a gimmick that went on for a little while, thankfully not very long. Yeah, well, and there's some fucking big boys hurt. out of the bleachers too. I don't know if our ribs are made to take that sort of impact. In this game, I lost my cousin Brewski pin, which I've shown pictures of a different one. So I, I either got that one back or got another one. But, yes, and this this time it happened because Mariano Duncan hit a home run in the sixth. And, actually, it made the score eight to two. So there's no reason to really celebrate that anyway. Sixth inning also we did. six innings of drinking he, prior. So who knows what state you guys were in at that point. 
But don't we need to dive on top of each other in an eight to two game? game? Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, it wasn't a gimmick where it happened every home run, but I would see stuff like that during big home runs in in my time. I do remember. Oh, getting close to the end on this one. Um, you remember? Do you remember? Um, Tone was it before your time? Do you remember Gal? Up in the front. I I, uh, I do remember her, but yeah, before my time though. But I I've been to games that she was at. Yeah. Look, this is not a disparaging remark. We're not women hating. We're not doing anything, but she was called Captain Cave Woman. That's all, you know. I was called things too, so let's let's not, you know, get all upset here. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm let's a, not on. get upset. Hang on, hang on, let's, hang on. Let's not get upset here. No, I know. We're going to get, I mean, we're, we're that, that xenophobic or, no, not xenophobic, sexist, I guess. But um, she used to chuck like Hershey bars, peanut butter cups at people. And, you know, of course, they would just go everywhere. There'd be candy bars on the ground. It was just really annoying. Um, other random notations on here include Mars shot should be shot. And, of course, shot is spelled S-C-H-O-T-T. Um, there was a chubby Jewish guy in a yarmulke eating peanuts. <laughs> so they called them salty nuts. There was a girl walking around in a fur wrap. She was called an animal killer. Uh, there was the ever-popular show your tits chant. As you know, last episode, I told uh, people there was a little bit of a of a thing. By the way, can I go That's off topic again? That's a big ECW chant, by the way, too. Go ahead. Well, um, this leads into our guest. We're not going to him just yet, but um, – Philip Bondi, who will be a guest at some point soon. Everyone knows him as the Daily News, uh, well, the ex-Daily News columnist. He was posting on Facebook recently some funny sports writer stories. Did you read his one about Larry? Yes. Uh, Basically, he was at a game and that show your titch chant was going on, right? So this girl in the upper deck shows them. And Larry goes... Holy shit. I've never seen that before. And of course he meant, yes. So you know where this is going. So Bondi puts it in the paper. Larry goes berserk because Larry's thinking was that he never saw press before. What he really meant was he never saw a woman actually let's, do let's, it. Let's uh, star this story and bring it up and, for uh, the full length Larry episode. Yeah. And Bondi had to apologize. So we'll bring that up. Um, to wrap it up, I'll give you the final on this. The Yankees beat the Rangers that day, 12 to three. Your winning pitcher was Andy Pettit. Kevin Gross got smacked around as I gave, as I gave you that detail. Um, there's only 20,181 people on hand and a good portion of them were thrown out of the bleachers for being drunk. Game was played in exactly three hours. Your umpires on the day were the late Derwood Merrill, Gary Cedarstrom, Dale Scott and Rocky Rowe. Very nice, Tom. So there you go, brother. April. That was your scorecard from April, April 14th. It was very entertaining. And uh, I definitely want to check back in, though, find out when Ali's last game, That if anybody knows, maybe if anybody listening. Yeah, you do have it. Oh, I got it. No, I'm going to look at it. If, but I, might not have, I might not have mentioned he was at a game. He would have had to do something to get him. Uh, mentioned because dude but I'll tell i have you, all the scorecards that i was at. the date and you know us knowing from the history when he passed away that's that's historic you know april 96 yankee games knowing it's near the end of that man's life that's 
I, I don't know the word for it, but it's 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 pretty pretty interesting to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, and real quick, I'm looking at the scorecard itself. That was off the blog I had done, but um, I remember there was an old man sitting out there. I wrote this down. Some old man was out there telling stuff, talking, and we wrote down old man telling lies because that's what old men do. Um, There's a vote on whether someone in the box seats was a man or a woman. Uh, I see two mystery outs in the ninth inning. Walkman John will get those No, in the eighth inning. Walkman John will do it. Um, I'll tell them which ones are missing. I'm going to post this up on the nice. thing. And uh, so, yeah, there you go, man. Uh, that was uh, 1996. So we're getting ready for uh, segment three. All right, How are you so going to lead us into that? Segment there, three. We're hearing from our guest in segment three. Is that is that accurate? Can we tease that? So what we're going to do first yeah. is we do have a few other voice notes. I'm going to give you two during this break. You're going to hear from Debbie, and you're going to hear from the aforementioned Frost. Well, Frost brought both of them up, so it's a good segue. You'll hear from Debbie, and you'll hear from Syphilis Joe. And then when we come back, the legend himself, Badmouth Larry. Well, you two, two legends, Me? two legends oh. in tone when we come back <laughs> after this. Thank you. So I have three distinct memories of the best heckling ever. The first one is Donald heckling John Rocker. We were on a bleacher road trip to Atlanta. I think it was like 99. It was right after Rocker was like big news in the papers, how he had this horrible interview and basically like spewed hate about everybody that he was like this giant racist. And Donald was riding him the entire freaking warm up because our seats were like right behind the the um bullpen and we were dying because he just was ripping him so bad and the best part was that like at the end of his tirade on him um Donald was like bro Atlanta can have you and whoever I can't remember who it was and I hate that my memory sucks But whoever it was that was warming up in the bullpen next to Rocker looked up at Donald, waved both his hands and goes, bro, you can have him. My second memory is not necessarily the best of all time, but as a personal favorite, We were in Philly on another bleacher road trip, staying in the same hotel with the players. And Chili Davis must have like, I don't know, choked or whatever during the game. I don't even remember why I did it, but he walked into the hotel lobby and without him realizing that it was me, I totally booed him. And he looked around, couldn't figure out who it was and just booed me back. It was the best response ever. So fun. We had such a great time that road trip. So my last favorite heckling memory is on the Toronto trip in 2001 
that we had a gazillion people on that trip. It was amazing. It was the best time. And my fa- one of my favorite memories from that trip is we're in an elevator. I'm pretty sure we were going up to the top of the Sears Tower for like a really nice dinner. And so we're in the elevator and I think it was 41 and Capone in the elevator. And Capone, I don't remember what 41 said to him, but he used like a big word. And Capone looks at him and goes, you can't use that word. And, and 41's like, why not, bro? And he goes, because you're a $5 guy and that's a $10 word. Heckling, heckling, heckling. Oh my God, so many funny things to talk about, but uh, two that definitely come to mind. I want to say the first one was back in maybe 1989, 1990, somewhere around there. Sammy Sosa was a rookie with the Texas Rangers playing center field. And I just stood up in the bleachers and screamed at the top of my lungs, Hey Sosa, that 21 on your back, is that your IQ or your sperm count? No doubt, next ball's hit right at him and he fucking drops it. Classic. I took credit for that error. The other one that definitely comes to mind was mid-90s. I think uh, Dewey Evans had already been traded to Baltimore. He's playing right field, of course. And we had found out that, you know, maybe not my proudest moment, but we had found out that he had kids that had some kind of disability. And I just started screaming at him, Dewey has poster kids, doo-dah, doo-dah. And you know the rest of the songs. Who fucking cares? Fuck Boston, fuck Dewey, fuck Sosa, heckle, heckle, heckle. And we're back. Um, Sheriff Tom, Tone 516, and we have a special guest, the legendary Bad Mouth Larry. Say hello, Larry. Ah, what's up, boys? Larry, what's up, good, brother? Good to be on with he you. Already, he, already broke, he already broke the rules. I said, say hello, Larry. And, and I, he didn't say hello, yeah, Larry. Yeah, I don't follow rules, though. You know that. <laughs> Larry, you well, that's sound, why you're on. You sound good, man. You sound good, Larry. It's good to hear from you, man. Yeah, it's good to talk to you guys, for sure. No doubt about it. Love what you're doing. Love that we can relive some of these old memories and you know, always knew the scorecards were going to come in, in in handy, you know? That's exactly why, man. Without the scorecards, I don't know if we could do this because yeah. my memory's okay, but <laughs> a little bit hazy. I hear you. I'm in so, the same range. So, Larry, we were uh, we were talking, and, um, you know, a lot of people knew that you were coming on because, you know, Tom and I spread the word out, and obviously Tom shared that classic video of you from Vinny's YouTube yesterday, and people got excited. <laughs> Yeah. One of my final moments. Yeah, hearing your voice, it's just like triggering me now. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, we're gonna the the subject of this episode is heckling. So I'm gonna <laughs> give you the mic, and you're gonna give us some of your favorite heckling stories. But just you know, uh, Larry's aware, Tom's aware, and I'm aware. But just so you all are aware before you hear from Larry, this is episode ten. By the way, Tom, can you believe that we lasted 10 episodes? I'm pretty shocked. <laughs> but this is episode 10. Episode 11 is just Larry for like two plus hours. So let's if, fucking go. If you like what you hear that's in the next either, 15 minutes, get ready it, for episode 11. 
But what if they don't like what they hear? Well, then I guess they'll skip to episode then get, 12. Then get ready for episode 12. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm like Howard Stern. Even when they don't like me, they're going to listen. Yeah, more. but Larry, we were, you know, I shared um, my favorite heckling stories, and I'll get to one which involves okay. you later. Tom read a scorecard of his. When I tell you, you know, from all your years in the bleachers and all your heckling, because you are the godfather, to me at least, of heckling. You are like, you know, you were like the guy I strive to be when I was cursing other players out. <laughs> what was your, like, give me like your two most memorable experiences out there. By the way, real fast, let me interrupt only to say this is the Hall of Fame heckler, and that's why he's here. Um, as Tone said, this is the guy that Tone thought about, but I think that Larry would be the Hall of Fame heckler, not only because his material was clever, but his voice is loud. He's <laughs> annoying. He looks annoying. He wore <laughs> denim shorts. He looked dumb. So you <laughs> add it all together. Oh, my God. But, yeah, no Hall of Fame heckler, and that's why. But go ahead, Larry. Yeah. Floor is yours. So, anyway, I just want to say real quick after that intro, like, so Tone, the guy who I followed who was like, I want to be like him, was George, Israeli George. Like, this guy would just shred the right field all day long. So, I, I know what you're saying, like, and, and I followed him pretty good, and I think you followed me pretty good. So I think a quick quick kind of funny story that Tom should remember. Tom, you remember when Brocious in 97 hit 200? He was playing for the A's, and we, <laughs> we were out there all batting practice for the three-game series with Oakland just destroying him. <laughs> Brocious is atrocious. And then the next year he's on the Yankees hitting 300, oh. winning a World Series. And Jeter, there's an interview with Jeter, and Jeter's like, yeah, Brocious loves the roll call more than anybody else because he, he yeah. lets him go on and on and on and on. Yeah, he never wanted to respond to us because he was like, fuck you, you think I'm atrocious, eh? You know? <laughs> but That was, that was of, funny. That was I mean, yeah, we really one, ripped you know? him. Yeah, but so, so my two, and I, I'm kind of betting the tone already talked about this guy. I was doing a little research on the 98 season, looking at names, and Sean Green comes to mind. Uh, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. And I know that's probably not for this podcast, but wow, I know there's an Easter story somewhere in there. <laughs> I did not mention him. I do have a story involving you, but it's actually from the new stadium. We'll get to it later, but go ahead. The Sean Green episode. Go. Yeah, ahead. Or, or let's just go, Mark Hakus. It's nice and short because I, <laughs> I think me and me and Tom probably want to talk about Todd Jones a little bit because that's just such an epic story. But, you know, Mark Hakus. My take on Marcakis, and maybe I don't have a lot of memory from that, but I was just like, if you're in the stadium and Marcakis is playing right field, I'm just going to go so overboard on that guy just to impress you because you were like the future. You were like the only one who could really throw that shit at the outfielders and really, you know, make a difference, you know, not ever have a bad day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There were so many. Um, I I've got a list. I came up with a list of more than 30 dudes, guys. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I started looking at box scores from the 90s, and it's just, you know, I don't know if you want to get into that a little bit before we, me and me and Tom just take off with the Todd Jones story, which is just epic, but, I mean. Dude, the floor is yours. Go ahead. So, like, I mean, let me just run down the list, because, Tone, I don't know, this might be an idea, too. I know you, you're getting into call uh, callers, your, your listeners calling in a little bit. 
But man, I think I, I think it's helping out, right? I mean, uh, but thank yeah. yeah but but look at having it. you on. So let me read this name a list, and then tell me that you don't think some callers calling in and just their memories on what we used to do to them, or what maybe I did to them, or whatever. Like you know, just a few different memories. But you got like from the old days, we start with like Jay Buner. That for me was the first guy oh. because it was before I knew the guys in '39, and I would just rail on that guy forever. But you got Ken Griffey Jr. with them. Uh, Tom, Bobby Higginson, Raul Mondesi, my God, the way I used to yeah. Raul, that guy. Obviously, Jose Batista, Vernon Wells, right? That's almost – I don't even want to say it because Tom's going to have to ring he a bell. He came up already, yeah, so did Higginson, um, yeah. Tom Jones, Jim Corsi, we said Brocious, Steve Carse oh. was fun. Um, Adam Jones, Pac-Man Jones with him. Ron- <laughs> Yep. Does any, was anybody in the stadium? I went to a Boston game that was a rain delay till like 10 o'clock at night. And it was so quiet. I destroyed Dustin Betroya one night. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just killed him. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk next time. But his brother was in jail at the time. And I was just <laughs> killing yes. him. And That's the first thing I thought about when you said him. his name. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Pedro, we had we had some fun with Pedro one time on the warning track. A lot of fun with Pedro. Um, Josh Reddick, during the brutal days of the new stadium when you couldn't curse, Josh Reddick was very fun because how could you can't do Bulls anything about him? Up. You can't do anything about me saying Red Dick, right? I mean, it's his last name. Bulls brought that up too. <laughs> Igor Juan Gonzalez, Jermaine Die, Die must die. <laughs> Jose Canseco. Oh. Sidney Ponson, if anybody was at the last game at the old oh. Yankee Stadium, oh, my God, that's a story in itself. How about me heckling other hecklers? Yes, yes, <laughs> oh, oh my yes. God. Or heckling Dude, the vendors. Would, so, sometimes you'd get bored and you'd go after the vendors, the other – yeah, other fans, of course. <laughs> there, it, there was always something, of course. Yeah. Who remembers this guy? Larry. Yep. Don't forget Otis Nixon, oh, Willie McGee. Dude. dude. Two, two, uh, ugly Otis. two down, uh, Otis Nixon. You know who's between the vendors and Otis Nixon? Bozo the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> How about oh, this trio? Uh, J.T. Snow, Chili Davis, and Tin Salmon. <laughs> yeah, I already brought them up on the podcast. Salmon yeah, uh, eats chili and peas on yeah, snow. right. Manny Ramirez, when he played right field for Cleveland, my God. God, because then don't forget, he was in yeah. left field with Boston. We couldn't really get him too well. Vlad Guerrero is a good one. Darren Bragg, yep. just because of his last name. I mean, I know we yelled stuff because of his last name of Bragg. Come on. Will Cordero. Dude, I go back I go back so far. We used to yell at um, freaking, of all people, Bo Jackson. Oh, when he had the hip problem, he'd be like, hip, hip. I wish. Yeah. I, my last two are Will Cordero and Julio Lugo because after <laughs> after their incidents, <laughs> Larry, no, 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 Tony Phillips memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, he was the guy that used to dance for yeah. us. And I also, I'm gonna write that down. I got a pen in my hand. Hey, how about Dave Parker when he yeah. was like the freaking batting coach for the Angels? I think I go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned we, we. I told he said he was gonna hit us with his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I mean the cake of it, right, Tom? I mean that's that's my list for now, but I'm sure that's ever, never ending. Yeah. But um, I, I I think that Todd Jones story, you know, besides the feud 
the, the how many years did I feud with Bautista? <laughs> yeah, but I think the Todd Jones. So what I remember, Tom, I guess I'll just get into it, right? So yes, my first memories with with, with Jones, I think we're a little after Jim Corsi. I think Jim Corsi was the original pudgy reliever that we just started fat shaming <laughs> during oh, batting practice. Pudgy reliever, right? You know, hey, there's that fat guy. Hey, that's his number. Where's Walkman John? Get his name. You know, like we didn't have phones back then, right? We couldn't look this stuff up. So, Corsi would just take the abuse, but Todd Jones seemed to like it. He'd dance around, kind of jiggle his belly a little bit, you know, and kind of took a bit of a liking to us and would chat a bit, a bit. And then I think, oh God, I got to think it was like 98, 97, 98. Batting practice was still alive because we were still drinking. Tom, what was there eight of us? I remember it was Capone. It was me, you. I remember Teddy was there. And I remember like four. Probably Gangbang was probably in the area. (laughs) But I remember Teddy being there. Teddy was definitely there. George was George. George was You know what? Was it that early? Maybe it was even 97 when George was still around, you know? No, I know George was there, I think, because of part of what comes later. We got to confirm that, and I'm sure – Donahue, I'm sure will remember that. He he's got like, even though he kind of likes to booze it a lot, he he remembers years and dates. It's unbelievable. Or he says he does. He's a bartender. He could talk you into anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a podcast from his Thursday afternoon bar. Boys would be the move. I don't know if Steve had mentioned yeah. that to you. Well, we, well, we're waiting for an in. We're waiting for an well, invite. You, I'll get La- you one. Larry, you you told me. I mean, you'd love to share stories with him and Midget Mike. And as uh, soon as you said that, like the light bulb went off in my head. That would be great. I, mean, I would just, I would come, set the microphones up, and just sit back and let you guys talk for three hours. That would be the all these thing. guys that work at bars don't seem to want us there. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, this Thursday afternoon, it's Grover, a mellow Grover, scene. Grover. You're right on the Mariner. It's a mellow scene. They could duck us out back. We could do whatever we want. Like if he's if he's down, yeah. we're down. Well, yeah. I'm, sh- yeah. I'm sure he'll Are be. Are we allowed to fight? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Are I don't see to why fall? not. I've seen a lot happen back there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so whatever year this was, and whoever was there, we know about four of the people for sure. And the Todd Jones feels like he knows us now. So now he thinks it's funny during batting practice to take to shag balls and start throwing them like fake throwing them to the bleachers and throw them to the box seats. Now you got every moron in the bleachers jumping up and down, yelling in a high pitched voice and want a ball. And he's just having his way with us. So this guy gets so bold. He comes out behind the outfield wall and he starts picking out balls that went over the wall and throwing them into the box seats. <laughs> And now there's a ball literally right below. We're standing on the rail yelling at these guys. There's a ball yeah. right below us, 10 feet, right there, right there. And I'm saying to myself, is this moron really going to come right there? And sure enough, here comes Jiggly Fatso, jumps up on, the, <laughs> uh, jumps up on that ledge over there. And I yell down to him, and I, uh, you guys know I'm pretty loud. I pretty yell it pretty loud because I want him to hear it. And I yell, hey, Todd, you take one more step and I'm going to fucking spit on you. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. His neck snapped, dude. I mean snapped. And he's just like, he points at us and he's like, 
you fucking spit on me and I will kick your ass. And it was on. Like, I remember Capone. Yeah, it was on. lit Capone's fuse, dude. Capone wanted a piece of Todd Jones so bad. And I wanted to. I was like, hell, he knocks me out. He's making like a million to two a year. I'm going to have 100 or 200 <laughs> grand. I'll be at every game for the next five years. I ain't getting a job. You know? I ain't going to be the gravy train. So he literally... Tom, I've called him the mystery man for for 20 years now. Yeah, I know what it well, is. Well, since he's our third, third base coach now, I, I've started to say it's right. Phil Nevin because nobody else knows who it, it was. And you've always said it was Phil Nevin. Yeah. But, so him and mystery man, he goes, let's fight. You know, come meet me out behind the ambulance yeah. is what he tells us. So, boom, we go, they go. And... <laughs> Yeah, one of them kicked one of them kicked the door. One of them kicked the door open or something. And I think it was Nevin and not Jones, but yeah, it was Phil Nevin. And yes, you guys you credit. And that's why I remember I thought I'm pretty sure it was George, but like three of you guys went running down there to yeah, fight. No, it was it was everybody who was on that rail. And then I'm guessing because I don't know. I just remember being enraged and I'm like, I'm gonna fight a major leaguer. So I don't really know what was <laughs> happening around me. I was just like, yeah. holy shit. I'm like, you know, humping Teddy, like, we're going to fight a major leaguer. This is going to be sick. You know, like, you know, me and Teddy, we've been through everything. Teddy, me and Teddy got into a fist fight with the damn fucking mascot in Montreal, that thing up there. Yeah, <laughs> man, I didn't like what he was doing to Teddy. I started punching the thing, and it was, like, on. Like, me and Teddy just started pounding him. But anyway, we run down there, and security, I don't know, they were there quick. And they were they quick, got man. between us, and there was, like, they got a – one of them police steel barricades. Somehow that was what was between us and Todd Jones and Phil Nevin and then security guards. And they brought, you know, it's funny. Um, go on, Tom. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. No, I, just the way that story ends. Um, the players went back to the field. We went, we went running back into the stands and we're yelling, <laughs> we're yelling again, obviously. And the security went on to the field and asked the players, they're like, do you want us to throw those knuckleheads out? And they were cool. They were like, no, no, that's cool. They're all right. And then after that, like Todd Jones, like he would wait in left field and he wouldn't come anywhere near right field until he heard me yell, Todd Jones, you fat bastard. And then he'd come running over with a big (laughs) smile on his face. Years after that. See, can, you, funny, can uh, you imagine that happening oh in 2020, Larry? And and you guys just nothing happening to you? It's impossible. There's no way. And I yeah. really, I can't. I, for all the people. I don't know. For all the people you know that have run into players, like no one's ever been able to like kind of give Nevin a nudge and go, do you remember that? Well, yeah, somebody. Because I was certainly him. I know. We got to find out that guy, you know, James can, BKNY. Does he know Nevin? Like. <laughs> yeah, can we get him on the podcast? Because here's the other Tom, thing, you, Tom. Tom, you mentioned that story in the first episode. Not really? even the first episode. You yeah. mentioned that story in really? the pilot. The oh, it's such, story. such yeah. a class. Tom's yeah. been waiting to tell. Tom's been waiting for this story for Tom, a while. Tom, it's yeah. funny that you bring up third degree. Maybe we could third degree into Nevin and talk about that. But here's another funny. You know what's thing. funny about Todd Jones has a quote unquote fan page on Facebook that I friended a while ago. I'm sure it was like years after his career was over. So it's like him like stroking himself, right? Like, so, you know, hey, Todd, you want to be on a podcast because you're like 50? Yeah, Larry, get him on here. You'll listen. You know what's (laughs) funny about that, though? I laughed because 
these guys were ready to fight these major leaguers, and boy, they ran down there. Then I remember the night after the good and no hitter, there was a brawl in the bleachers, and I got like fucking (laughs) pumped, and I ended up, I I actually ended up going to the little hospital over right by there. But I remember I went to go jump into this fight, and everybody ran the other way, and I'm like, these sons of pussies, because it was a major league. Yeah, they'll fight like major league players for a lawsuit or just to get in there, but. Yeah, when if we get all eight of those names, I bet you four of them wouldn't have fought. Yeah, when shit, <laughs> yeah, well, they wanted to get down there. Maybe they wanted an autograph. <laughs> hey, Larry, to your point, those guys, those guys make a lot more money, and they got a lot more to lose if they did fight you there. Well, yeah, but I, I, you know, Tom, I mean, if if George was really there, I mean, because George, I don't think they were ready I think to go. George was kind of out of here in '98. I think he was off in Israel, like literally I playing, George was there. playing we'll, Israeli we'll baseball. pro baseball. Like, but I don't think he was there very long into it. Because, but you know, but here's the funny part. Because we're talking about it. Because we remember it, and I always remembered it and wrote it down. But man, we're talking thirty I years later. Midget so Mike, maybe I remember hey, George I think there. Midget Mike was definitely there too. I feel like I yeah. was. You think there. he was going down a fight? Oh yeah, I mean. Was oh, going down to fight? Leaguer? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I, I don't know much about Midget Mike fighting, but I, I forget some major leaguer. I can see Mike saying, what the hell? I mean, we all were, right? Hey, I don't like fighting. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I lose most of the fights I'm in. I hung out with kids who could fight. <laughs> you know? Yo, I was down there, man. I was ready to brawl. I probably would have taken the shirt off. And you were always ready to brawl. <laughs> hey, I, I, I know you won't remember it. I don't remember much about it, but I remember you wanted a piece of me in Shea Stadium one time so bad. But nice. Whoa, 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 whoa. Save, save this for the next episode, please. I'm writing it yeah. down. I'm writing it down. Larry, uh, before Hold you on. go, though. Larry, Tom, Shea Stadium. I'm writing it down. Upper deck. Write that down. And also, we got to figure out how – Larry, Larry sent me into his car um, <laughs> because I was cold and drunk. And then when he got in there, there was sand all over the car. And I have, I have a Sherlock Holmes theory on how that I've happened. Got one as well. Where the sand came from. All right, we'll talk about that on the on next Just, week. And here's the spoiler, folks. So, Larry's back next week for two go. to three hours. I mean. Not next week, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. But Larry, can, before you go. Well, no, I like going live time. I want to do it and then have it no, up an hour later. Shame, I'm not, I don't want anything. I don't want anything in the can. This, this, yeah, no spoilers. I, mean, I know it's not politically correct, but this what? show isn't politically correct either, right? I mean, this China virus. No, this China, I mean, coronavirus. <laughs> this coronavirus. Like, I really wanted to do this face to face, and it was really just about time for me to get back north. And literally, I, my plan was either two weeks. Or six months, I'm oh. not sure which. <laughs> well, Larry, you, Larry, you know you bum, you you know you bum rushed the guest, right? Yeah, well, you weren't supposed. To and he's guest. gonna be a great guest, and like, yeah, are you gonna apologize to that person well, now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's no problem. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Walkman John's cool with it. Like, no. but he, I, I yeah, Walkman John was supposed to, to hear next. some of his stuff, and I don't know if he's bringing scorecards, no. but I can't wait to hear. Oh this, no. He's going to be the greatest guest. Dude, but, please, tap but the thing into, with John please tap into his work because I don't know a lot about that. And oh, I would no. love to know more because I always felt. No, and one of the reasons why. Go on. No, go ahead, Larry. I, you see, I'm in beer six <laughs> now, so I'm interrupting. And this is what gets Steve. This is what gets Steve and Midget Mike so mad is I steamroll all, all right. the guests. But at <laughs> the end of the day, my name is on the podcast and tones, not not the guest's name. 
Okay. So I, pod, I, I <laughs> steam who I want. You better watch out because <laughs> I, I'm going to run the whack pack of this show. <laughs> yeah, but these guys, <laughs> but you guys have known me for 30 years. You guys have known me for 30 years. So none of this stuff or 20 years or 10 years. I'm who I am. This is what I do if we're sitting in a bar. But the bottom line is Walkman John's going to be a great guest. But what we were looking for with him was warmer weather um, <laughs> so we could do it live. And also, because yeah. he didn't want to sit on the yeah, deck when it's 20 degrees. Like, like 18 layers and then also, my Lord. He does not like he, he was also looking does not for, like the cold, that kid. That's for sure. And he was looking for closer to baseball season, which we don't know oh. if it will happen. We'll get into that in the next podcast. Yeah, let's get into but, that um, a little bit in so, the next podcast, actually. Yeah. You're steamrolled, you're steamrolled. And then the other person, and I'll bring it up, Tina is also coming on. Oh, Queen Tina, she's got an open invite. So, but, you know, she yelled yeah. at me, and Tina, I, I'm into it. She yelled at me, she goes, I should have been on already. And, yes, but uh, which would you have taken? Would you have sat on the deck that Dave Milton did when it was 25 degrees? No. Tina, but, Tina, if you're I'm listening, I vouch, you. I vouch for what Tom is saying. Um, we wanted you on right off the bat, but those were, I mean, ask Steve. Ask Milton. We had them sitting out there in like 20-degree windchill. We didn't want to yeah. put you through that. And the so. rule is we were never going to do what we're doing now. We never were not going to do it on the no, deck. No, 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 no. We're always it doing pandemic. it on Tom's deck, drinking and smoking. <laughs> it took a virus. It took a virus created in a Wuhan laboratory for us yeah. to be in here right now in this situation. So, please. But the last thing I'll say on it, though, in fairness to Tina and Walkman John when we do record after we do the Larry episode, we'll probably be able to do it this way and you won't have to come on the deck if you if you're if you're more comfortable yeah. not. So we are adjusting as we go along. This Ugh. is evolving. But that's never our plan. Our plan was always to do it on well, the deck. This uh this lumpy but, um, Sam virus. Larry, yeah. This lumpy van Sam virus. <laughs> <laughs> this lumpy Sam virus just screwed my plans because literally by the end of April, I was definitely going to be back home. <laughs> hey, hold on. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. Tom, I can't, I yeah. can't believe we're going to have two hours of this in two weeks. I can't believe it. Well, no, Larry, before we go, um, we have to touch on a story we just touched on, the Philip Bondi story about the boobs. Oh. Did you see – you saw the post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you want to give your take on that? man. I mean, it he was made you look like He made you look like a 14-year-old little boy. Wrong? Am I wrong? Like, so I didn't know him very <laughs> long. I don't know that I had been written in there, I, even though I was a lightning rod for that thing. Like, I, I feel like I didn't know him very well, and I gave him grief for a long time. And I feel like it led into that. Like, I feel like he was out there two or three years already when that happened. And it was just like, dude, I, I meant, yeah. you know, like, I've been yelling, show your tits for a long time. And, like, never seen one like quite like that. You know, like, that girl was topless for, like, five minutes up there, jumping up and down. It was incredible. I don't even remember anyone ever flashing us up in there. Up there, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm right. sure we – I'm sure must have so, been drunk. <laughs> I, I, I forget a lot, but not that. <laughs> but um, well, nice. what happened is that used to backfire on us because guys would chant that, and then guys like me would turn around and show them. <laughs> well, we got hot for a while <laughs> when with them out Wednesdays happened with WBAB. It kind of I don't know. I feel like it became a thing for girls to just whip them out, and we just we we got good. Yeah, with the it. Anthony but days. I was mad because yeah, I read it next day in the paper. It looks like I'd never seen. Pretty titties before, right? 
Yeah, I'm, like, I'm going to show up in the bleachers my next time, and I'm be like, yeah, they're going to be yelling at me, you know, titty virgin. Like, come on, dude. What are you doing? Right <laughs> You're killing me here. I waited like four years to get invited in with you guys, like sitting in 37. And you know, uh, do you folks know? You folks know how the story ended, and we'll get into it on the podcast next week. Uh, Larry ends up doing the photos for this guy's book. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into we're yeah. gonna get into everything else next week. There's so much, and and Larry, just hearing your voice is it's bringing crazy. back so many memories, and it's yeah, good man. to hear from you, dude. And that's part of the reason, <laughs> other than just having fun with Tom doing this, just sharing these stories. It's nostalgia, and it's you good know, I, I miss you guys. Let's, so let's it's, get it's some good, good calls. And I'm really looking right, forward man. to next week. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're, also, we're gonna take oh, questions. We're oh gonna take God. questions oh in these God. next no, two weeks. We're gonna put it up on so. Facebook. No. Questions I for Larry. Yes, yes. Which which as I told Tone, we're only gonna get no. to if we because even have you're time. You're gonna have like because... Ross. You're gonna have dudes like that just writing Molotov cocktail questions. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> Who's Shaq Foss? We haven't heard from him in a long time. <laughs> you know what he I mean? might have like, already. There's gonna be people coming out. Uh, yeah. Woodwork for that, but uh, yeah, do what you got to do. You know, it's your podcast. Larry, God bless. Well, you. Good well, hearing from you. Yeah, yeah, man. Be safe, brother. Everybody, all right, huh? You got we'll it. We'll talk to you in a couple yeah, of weeks, man. bro. Can't wait. Yep. Take care. Bye. Take. Bye. Tom, that was uh, that was a lot of fun hearing from Larry. Oh God, yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the next episode. We got two weeks to work on the questions. But, uh, I mean, I think we've been no. going over two hours now, right? Yeah, we don't so have we to go probably... much longer. Yeah, yeah we we're going to should... wrap it. Yeah, we should. I mean, I'm still I'm still recording. You want to wrap it up now? Or you, you got anything? No, in a second. Oh, yeah, no, keep recording. I got, I'll wrap it up. But you know what's funny about Larry? The thing is, um, I haven't talked to him in a while outside of text, right? Um, well, it hasn't Same been with years, me. But, and um, when we were talking to him about, like, formulating this little guest spot, hearing his voice – and it sounds corny, but man, it brought back everything. And to be honest, for a guy that's so uncouth and uh, with such a sewer mouth, comes across very intelligent and uh, very friendly and warm-hearted. He was always that way, and I'm going to get into that next yeah. episode. He's well-spoken. No, yeah, there's guy. a lot more to this guy. Go ahead. Well-spoken guy, but uh, you know, if you get on the wrong side of him, it, it, it's it's Doctor Jekyll and Hyde, and we'll get into that in the next episode. Yeah, no, there's a lot more to this guy than um, than anyone knows. Tone, by the way, I'm going to do one little bit before we hang up. It's just uh, my ending thing. But what do you have planned to close the podcast? All right, uh, very good podcast, Tom. I had fun doing it. Um, I want to, because I'm sure she'll be listening. Thank my wife for watching the boys for the last three hours, so we can record, get some points there. Nice. Um, I also want to give a plug because I should have done this earlier when we were talking wrestling, and you know, you and mm -hmm. I like to plug the podcasts that give us plugs. Old colleague of mine got a little bored during this pandemic, started a podcast. If you are into wrestling, which you and I are, and I know others that listen, and you also have a sort of twisted sense of humor the way we do, check out the Morton's Law podcast, M-O-R-T-O-N-S Law. Uh, he's given us a few shout outs, and he actually does a great job in front and behind uh, breaking down the the doings of professional wrestling. It's a good way for me to sort of keep tabs. He talks about all the promotions, Morton's Law Podcast. So shouting him out because he shouted us out. And other than that, great episode. And I am going to start researching questions for the Larry episode as soon as we finish here. Yeah, me too. Um, I'll have – whoa, what did I – I thought I knocked something down. Believe it or not, no cigar went out during this episode. Hey. I'm not, well, I'm not smoking one. 
I'm not smoking when I'm inside. Uh, no beers, <laughs> no beers spilled. Um, while we're talking about wrestling, I was on a uh, a wrestling podcast. Um, check out John Arezzi's Pro Wrestling Spotlight. Um, look for this on Spotify. What they're doing is this is a wrestling radio show that was around 30 years ago. I was a regular caller then. I was as loud and obnoxious as I am now, okay? Um, what they're doing now is playing these old 30-year-old episodes and, like, commenting and talking about them. So it's a, it's a look into wrestling history, and yours truly was voted into their Hall of Fame, their Listener Hall of Fame last week. What I'm going to do, I'll post a link on the Facebook page, and I'll also give you links of where episodes that I'm on that you could check out on Spotify, and you can go and find my calls. But, man, it's weird to hear myself 30 years later, and um, I sound exactly the same as obnoxious and kind of annoying. If I wasn't me, I'd be annoyed. I really would be. And I thank you all for your patience. Um, and, And the thing is, this is a guy who's a podcaster who's in the wrestling business, and he's got a book coming out next year. And one day he's a Met fan. And that's why I want to bring him on the podcast. Cause I think that'd be an interesting, an interesting get to have another podcaster on. And we're going to do a lot more of that. We're going to have Met fans on here. We're going to have a uh, surprise guest as Tony had mentioned and a lot of you. And I wanted to mention before we go, uh, Larry was just in for a kind of a quick bite. It went longer than I thought it would, but we're going to do 15 minute bites with people that aren't going to be, um, on the list for a long form interview very time soon. We've got so many people to go through. If you have something you want to say, if you've got something you want to talk about, if you have a funny story, instead of me reading it off of your email or us saying what we think you remember, if you want to come on the phone, just like Larry just did email us at boxseatsup 39 at gmail.com. Tell us why you want your 15 minutes. I want my 15 minutes and we're going to have all of you guys on. And I've got that's, ideas of people we will reach out to. Go ahead, Tom. That, that, that's for anybody, by the way. Like I gave the example at the yeah. beginning. Like Andy has actually helped us out behind the scenes with some things, and we appreciate it. But, you know, we asked him for it, whereas my brother just, you know, was proactive with the song. And, you know, Tom and I like it, and we're going to use it. Don't wait for us, guys, because I don't see me and Tom turning anybody down. If you have an idea, if you want to come on, if yeah. you want to say something, just do it. Reach you know, out like, to everybody. We can't reach out to everybody. There's so many legends coming on. And, you know, in the future, we have teams. Oh, we lost Tom for a second there. He'll be back. Uh, you're, you're probably talking right now, Tom, but we can't hear you. I'll just wait to come back. I also wanted to say, by the way, that's, you know, it, it, it really goes for anybody. But, um, you know, if, if you're upset because you feel like we slighted you or because you, you know, weren't on. Or, dude, like, just fucking message me. Message Tom. Like, what are we going to say? You want to come on? Come on. We're not going to say no to anybody. So Tom still hasn't come back. So I think what we will do here is we will take a break. Um, I will break us out. uh, And then uh, I guess we'll have Tom send in that segment and we'll end with that. So little break here for technical difficulties and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Um, I'm not sure what what was translated or not, but, you know, again, uh, email that page. Give us an idea. Let us know you want to come on. We got some long-form guests coming up. We got Tina. We got Walkman John. We got Knobloch. We got Grover. We got Donahue. 
Uh, the list goes on and on. So, so there's a lot coming up. All right, on my end, Tom, what do we have after I do what I'm going to do to wrap it up? What are we closing with? We are closing with Gangbang Steve's favorite heckling memories, and we're going to hear from Steve, and then uh, get, that's it. So send us off, Tom, and I'll see you soon. All right, the last thing that I got, I have a book of poetry here. Thankfully for you, it's not my poems. I already wrote, read one that I wrote on here about Gangbang Steve. Tone, you remember Dan Quisenberry, the Kansas City reliever. You remember him very well, do you not? I do, actually. I remember that. How can you forget that name? Well, do you recall, or you wouldn't recall, do you know he wrote a book of poetry? I do not. Yes, it's called On Days Like This. And I'm going to close with a poem. It's a baseball poem by Dan Quisenberry. And then that'll be that. Here we go. Oh, I heard that. It's called Pitcher's Juice. Adrenaline and blood flow mix. A potion for a healthy pitcher. Eyes sharp, focused as a hawk on rabbit. A rocking coil. Arms and legs gather speed, delivering piercing strikes to undesirable corners, easily seen by a dark cloth gentleman, punching air with his right hand, mere shadows to a man with lumber, frustrated, frozen in his work. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'll see you next week, Tom. Be good. Yeah, thank you. Two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Here's Gangbang Steve. Take care. Be safe. Hey, what's up, Tone, Tom, everybody out there? G-Bang Steve here. So you guys are looking for good heckling stories. I figured I'd give you one off the beaten path. Uh, I'm sure most, if not uh, all the heckling stories you're going to get uh, are going to involve opposing players over the years. Uh, but for me, uh, Box Seat Suck, this podcast namesake, uh, was the best heckling there was out there in the old place for me. Uh it wasn't just like the socioeconomic dichotomy of uh, bleachers versus box seats, but uh, I mean, there was also like a physical geographic difference. There was a cutoff between bleachers and box seats, and we and the bleachers were unable to access the rest of the stadium, whereas they were. So it was just it was that physical um, that physical uh, separation too, but. Um, yeah, people with random box seat suck chants that someone would just get up and start, and next thing you know, would like build up to this loud ass chant that the box seats would definitely hear, and then the next thing you know, they'd whip out their wallets or their cash, and they'd start, you know, flaunting their alleged wealth, and uh, sometimes relations uh, would disintegrate quickly, and uh, there would be all types of projectiles getting thrown from bleachers to box seats, and box seats to bleachers, and most times, somebody would get up from the box seat and throw something to get caught by security, <laughs> get kicked out, and then everyone in the bleachers would give them the na-na-na-nas, and then uh, something like a we have fun, you have none chant, and uh, they would just go back and forth. So, uh, fond memories of uh, box seat heckling. Uh, much love and uh, respect to uh, Tone and Tom for uh, keeping this thing going through uh, some really crazy ass times 
uh, to put it mildly. Everybody stay well out there. All right, G Bang out.